Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Always Almost There, a Goose podcast series on We Move Through Stormy Weather. My name is Neil. And I'm Brian, a.k.a. Jive Goose. I'm Ryan. I'm Kev. And I'm Danny. The five of us are here today to talk about the second leg of Goose's 2022 winter tour. Now, before we jump in, I just want to take a second to mention a couple of things. If you aren't already aware, um, I have been posting uh, rig uh, rundowns, if you will, um, with uh, members of Goose uh, so far at the time of this airing. There will be Rick and Peter's guitar rig um, and Peter's keyboard rig which is super exciting. Uh, Jeff, Ben, and Trevor are all in the future, uh, so look forward to those. Uh, check them out, ryanstorm.substack.com, uh, if you are not already. And uh, for any of you fish listeners that may be tuning into this, um, we move through Stormy Weather main series, the fish series. Uh, we'll be coming back uh, next week at the time of this airing uh, with a very exciting guest that I'm excited to announce uh, later this week. So... Without further ado, shall we talk about this leg of tour? Let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. So starting off, uh, after Goosemas, uh, band headed down to the first night of Washington, D.C., uh, the 930 Club. Um, I have a lot of attendance bias for this show, so quick disclaimer. Start with set one, Liza Jane, Drive, Travelers, Doc Brown, Old Man's Boat, California Magic, Madhavan. I do want to remind everybody that Liza Jane is not Atlas, um, and I will regret that text that I sent for the rest of my life. Solid opener. Diving into Drive, um, I mean, I have a lot to say about this. You know, I was really excited to hear this at a show, first of all. And um, when the jam started, it, it felt like for the first few minutes that it was just going to stay in kind of standard Drive territory. And then, you know, then they just abruptly just dove into this dark jam that was just absolutely incredible. Peter 
you know, went from guitar, was doing some cool textural stuff on the Vintage 5 for a couple of minutes, then back to guitar. Uh, Rick hit on this really cool descending uh, lick. It was just really, really great way to open the show. What do you guys think of this drive? Oh, man, this drive, um, it it's one of my favorite drives that I've heard in a really, really long time. Uh, I can't actually remember the last drive I liked as much as this one. You know, it has like a tinge of darkness, which, you know, we keep talking about uh, when we're talking about this tour and, you know, right off the bat, like a little bit dark of darkness in your drive, which I don't think I can ever remember one uh, quite like this one. Uh, I was really into it at the time. Yeah, I was also a big fan of this drive. Um, I Now, real quick on the Liza Jane, though. Um, <laughs> nice little jam here. Yeah. And... I know we've been talking a lot about efficiency and, you know, that also does, a you know, that also applies and you can hear it in just the shorter kind of type one, you know, if, if we want to say that um, type jams. And I thought this was a good example of that. It's a, it's a, it's a nice tight little jam. You know, it's a good opener. Uh, but yeah, the drive, I, I agree. I agree, Neil, this is my favorite driver of the year. And yeah, it, it could be my favorite even back further than that, who knows how far back. Um, atypical in a lot of ways. Um, I liked the relaxed pace of the early part of the jam. And then, like you said, that doc, that darker mood shows up uh, around 12 minutes in and they latch onto a really cool theme and ride that out. And also, last thing I'll say, the return to the drive theme was really, really cool here. Better mm -hmm. than usual. Really, really strong finish after that cool kind of dark jam. So loved it. Loved it. Well, to be fair, Liza Jane does sound a little bit like Atlas. So we'll give him a pass on his first official Goose song live. Um, but no, great. I was at Goosemith. That's true. That's true. We did, an ep we did a podcast on this. <laughs> It was your first uh, more uh, theater style show. So anyways, there you go. yeah, great. <laughs> so take that back. It was a total failure on his part. <laughs> it All was. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just trying. To I'm, I'm not afraid to admit <laughs> I, I appreciate you trying to sugarcoat it. Yeah, so. I, I really liked I really liked even the the first three tracks, you know, um, great uh, fluidity and sort of that kind of melt into travelers. Um, the drive is great. Uh, I think that's a song that has really come back strong since, you know, kind of fall summer, obviously had some, some decent versions as well, but I think, uh, drive's gotten, gotten a lot better. Great version to, to end the tour as well. So yeah, it was a f really fun start to the night. I mean, excited. Kev. It's cool seeing drive show up, uh, in the top half of the first set, uh, real popular and the three spot, two spot, seeing it early. Love a drive opener. Yeah, drive mm. drive opener, second spot, 2020. They played it a lot in the three slot there in the first set. Um, but yeah, just get the crowd energy going early. I love it. Great selection. Yeah. Um, set continues on with uh, Travelers, as was mentioned, Doc Brown, Old Man's Boat, the debut of California Magic, and Madhavan. Um, I mean, to me, this is just a really, really solid first set. Um, boat wasn't that long, but... It felt to me like Peter was hanging back a little bit more during the jam um, than he normally does, not just straight up uh, soloing on the vintage vibe like he usually does, which I, I thought was a cool vibe, but nothing you know too noteworthy. Um, California Magic, I absolutely love this song. Um, 
you know, and we'll see it get played a couple more times throughout the tour. But I, I love the lyrics. I love the like laid back, like lounge bluesy vibe. I think it's just a great tune. Um, and uh, Mr. Uh, Mitochondria, you've done it again. Great tune. And uh, this Modavon to close the set um, was really cool because also, you know, we've seen a lot of shorter sets from them and we will see some shorter sets from them. And, you know, I thought we were done after California Magic. And so throwing a nearly 20-minute Modavon almost felt like a bonus to begin with. And then this jam is really cool. You know, Rick leads the band through. They modulate in and out of Modavon's natural key of E um, a whole bunch of times. And it's just a really, really cool jam. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't end up ranking too high on my list, but really, really great nonetheless. Yeah, I, I tweeted about that that out of on jam. Uh, I unfortunately had a typo and said it brought ears to my eyes. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it did. It's it's a it's a really beautiful jam, and in my opinion, it's probably like the fourth best jam of the show. And I think it says a lot about the strength of this show. It's yep. it's really really pretty jam. Uh, I really liked it a lot. But jumping back to California Magic. Um, hearing this for the, the first time, I really wasn't sure, you know, what I was going to think about that tune. Uh, I don't think I loved it as much then as I do now. I mean, I think they averaged like a two and a half show gap, like from debut, uh, maybe even less than that. And yeah, it just got better and better every time. I'm with Neil. I'm with Neil on that California magic. It wasn't one of the newer songs that kind of clicked with me, but the more that I've been hearing it, especially like preparing for this conversation that we're having right now, California magic is really kind of rocketed to the top of the new song list that I like. The old man, old man's boat jam was really nice as well for that first set. Yeah. I think it's got sort of a, a feel. Um, I saw it later in the year in Philly, but as the, as the tour developed and as, as you stated, Neil, a lot of, a lot of play time um, for this song in particular, you know, it sounded a little, it definitely needed work for me the first time I recall listening kind of that night, but it still had some great, like sort of, I think the influence of the music itself, looking at, like I said, the band, a little bit of the Wood Brothers, maybe some, some JGB. And then um, the lyrics though, have sort of a, some Father John Misty influence to me. I think some of the the wordplay, um, very strong. Long time like, listener, kneeling, first time caller. Yeah, kneeling at the altar, stuff like that. Um, so very cool. I think as the as the tour developed, the song got stronger, and it's almost kind of like the lighter side of Doctor Darkness for me. Sort of similar kind Ooh. of you know plays and and very um, strong lyrics and music. So yeah, good song, good set. Madavan to close. Very fun show so far. Yeah. The only thing I'll add, um, I also love California Magic. Um, This was the 11th debut of the year and the eighth new original Rick song, which is pretty amazing. Um, Yeah, you get those. I I got the laid back Laurel Canyon, Father John Misty vibes right off the bat. Uh, So... Uh, loved it right away. It's it's another example of the range and maturity of Rick's songwriting with talking about this batch of songs that he's put out this year. Uh, it's been incredible. And that's eight great songs. There's there's not a single stinker in there. Uh, I don't care who, who you talk to. And then the Madavan, yeah, nothing to add there. Uh, I, I agree exactly uh, w- with exactly what you said, Neil, about it being probably the fourth best jam of this night. So not to sell it short, but if anything, that says how strong the rest of the show was. And then last thing, that set one did clock in at 91 minutes. So that was right up there, very close to, to Royal Oak, as, as which was the longest set one uh, of the tour. 
I, I have a knack for seeing long set ones, I think. Um, all right. Set two. Into the Mist, I Wish, Wisteria Lane, Your Ocean, Pancakes. I mean, this is a pretty incredible set. Um, Into the Mist, uh, you had that moment where they stopped the song uh, to make sure, check on something in the crowd. Um, it looked, I, from my perspective, it looked like someone had maybe fallen down, but they quickly, you know, everything was okay. They jumped right back into the song. No jam here, which, you know, detracts from it a little bit, but I think they make up for it. You know, first, I wish uh, since in front of a, a paying audience since um, December 2019, I think it was 12 7 and they, they played it at Greg's wedding uh, last year. But I think they absolutely kill this cover. You know, Peter's uh, vintage vibe, uh, this leg of tour, I think he's been cranking the uh, distortion on it a little bit, but it just sounded so good here. Um, fantastic solo and then they jump into wisteria you know only the second only the second version of the year following up that massive san francisco one and to me you know there were some big shoes to fill um i actually thought before they started the song uh rick played with a little bit of like you know his reverse delay thing for a few seconds and i thought they were about to drop the whales mid-second set but luckily they (laughs) they did wisteria instead um and you know being in the venue for this, my initial thoughts were immediately, this is the jam of the year. You know, full, obviously, recency, attendance bias, hasty rank, whatever you want to call it. And I texted you guys that, and, you know, there being no stream and you guys not being able to hear it, you were all immediately like, no, no way, like, stop being an idiot. <laughs> and then you listen to it and you realize that it was really good. And I, I still have this at the top of my list. I don't think any of you do. Um, but this Wisteria, you know, you've got that, like, Spuds and Jeff returning to that drip field kind of vibe. Uh, very Tom heavy, like tribal, primal jam. Primal uh, banger for sure. Primal bangers. Primal, primal banger. banger. Um, I, I, I know Jeff uh, mentioned how he contemplated hitting the uh, like the sample to segue into drip field, uh, but I'm, I'm glad he didn't. You know, and this kind of like, this felt like Spuds was kind of giving Rick this like holy shit look in like the latter half of the jam when Rick is just kind of like, going for it over this uh, kind of chord progression they get into. Um, but he was just giving him this look as they were just like tearing through this, like as Rick was using that like classic octave up tone of his, just like, wow, like this is awesome. And it was, it was a really, really incredible jam seemed to stretch on forever. Um, and it towards the end, you know, that progression that they're doing feels like a classic rock song to me, not anyone in particular, but like, it just feels like it could be. Um, but this is this is my current jam of the year. Yeah, I think that's aggressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man>. no, okay. <laughs> no, 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 it's good, and and I'm glad you had such a great time um, being in attendance. Fairly straightforward, I thought. <laughs> uh, but yeah, at 15 minutes, it just takes that evil turn and doesn't lose any momentum. It's kind of similar to the drive. I thought they they land on a really cool theme and kind of ride it out. Uh, but I do still prefer the San Francisco version overall uh but yeah this this one's also in my top 10 so it's it's still very good i think i have this wisteria at number eight uh going back to that mist uh you know just a couple things real quick shout out to groove safe we're not sure what happened to the the gentleman that was in yes. the audience there uh shout out to groove safe check your drugs check each other and make sure that you're drinking water out there guys yes yeah it was a it was a good uh start to the set i think um this sort of began a string correct me if i'm wrong guys uh, like unfinished mist because this went right in right we didn't finish this one 
especially Correct. with, uh, yeah, especially with sort of the short, um, abrupt stop. Um, but they picked it up well, I mean, and, uh, I wish was fun. We got sort of elements of it rest of the set and, uh, but yeah, Wisteria Lane was great. Um, very good version. I think like Brian said, I, I still prefer the San Francisco one. Um, this one's sort of near the bottom of my top 10 as well. Um, and yeah, that it's, it, it kind of that last 10 minutes for me, they sort of get that plotting Tom heavy, like you said, Ryan, sort of just pushing and grinding, um, nice guitar from Rick and sort of interplay with Peter and, uh, yeah, but other, I mean, just a solid, very, very strong opening show. Uh, yeah. Your energy coming through the text, uh, that night for us, especially with no stream was great. And then we got this one, what later that night? Didn't Peter put it up too? I mean, yeah, he was really quick on the first ones. And don't be so quick to wrap up the show yet because we haven't talked oh, about pancakes. Hey, guys, we got to talk about pancakes. Neil, Neil talk about we have, Neil needs to talk about the wisteria. Uh, I'd like to talk about wisteria. And then, then we should, well, and then also Eurotian, right? So I'm not the biggest fan of Eurotian showing up in the second set. I thought it was awesome uh, here, yep. sandwiched in between wisteria lane and pancakes. Uh, it was like just like the perfect cool down from. The, the really dark corners that like Wisteria Lane went into um, and then right before Pancakes, which also, you know, gets pretty weird. Um, and also pretty cool that, you know, it was an 11 show gap for Wisteria, which is a really, really long time for that tune to not be played. And then also right after Wisteria, seven show gap for Eurotian. Nobody really saw that one coming. Um, so that was also pretty great. Um, but I'll, I'll pass it to one of you guys to uh, start up on the Pancakes thing. Well, no, I, I mean- I, I- uh, j- j- sorry. Um, yeah, just real quick, Neil. Again, uh, you know, I, I I agree with you here. I, I had the, I had a kind of similar note about Eurotion, just that this was ideal placement for it between coming out of that wisteria, and then before going into pancakes to close the set. Uh, so yeah, that is that is where that song belongs, and so it's always good. It's always good to see it there, and and, and they get that one right a lot. I feel like uh, this was the third mist. Uh, of the year, by the way, and they would play it a, a fourth time in Cleveland. All four have been unfinished. So I'll talk Ooh. about the a little bit more later. I have written a letter. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> strongly worded. Yeah, I hope. strongly worded letter. I hope. Yeah. I, I'm sure. Either way, I'm sure Coach tore it up. <laughs> hey, oh, you, you, know, you literally uh, sent it to the manager too. Yeah. He tried to get it to the right place. I wanted to say, too, I wasn't ending the show. I was just commending our man, Peter, for getting the soundboard up, as well as you guys. Uh, this placement of your ocean, for me, really felt like, as we're working through the jam of the year bracket, I think back to the, uh, thought back to the Fred Creatures, 5-4-21. You know, you had this awesome, amazing uh, Creatures, you know, some of our... Ryan's one of Ryan's favorite jams of the of last year, and and then you get yeah. your ocean. It's like a perfect cool down song, um, an excellent landing pad. So, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say I I think you know when used correctly, which I think it is frequently. Uh, your ocean uh, is one of Goose's absolute best uh, landing pads after a big jam. I, I would put that and Moby. Um, I think is my two favorite. You know, kind of cool down but keep the energy going uh you know mid second set slot after a jam like this wisteria but let's talk about this pancakes yes sir let's talk about this pancakes flap those jacks 
Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I kind of said a lot about the Wisteria, so I'll say about this. Just really, really awesome jam. Uh, it was great to see. Shout out to Jeff's percussion solo when they returned to the song at the end and those awesome I Wish teases. Uh, but this is really awesome. We talked um, about it a little offline that the what they're doing with pancakes is just extraordinary uh, and that there's no really bad pancakes. They're just all, all different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all in terms good, of pancakes, this one like probably sits lower on my list of like pancakes. And, and that well, is like, is that, is that lower in the stack? Uh, it's lower in the stack of pancakes. But it's creating all the maple. Funny it, guy. It really dude. says nothing about this song being bad. Um, in fact, like this is an excellent, excellent version of this song. What I think keeps this lower on the list for me is there's like no kind of particular moment that I can point to to kind of say like this is what sets this pancakes apart. It feels like of all the pancakes they played, this is the one that like I don't know, like didn't have like any kind of establishing character to it. Um, but it was still. Uh, a pretty spectacular jam. Yeah, I think this is my probably my third ranked pancake. So, so I guess middle of the pack uh, essentially. But it's it's good. What 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 I like about these what I like about these pancakes jams uh, for the most part they tend to start off with a nice chill jam right off the bat. This was a this was a real pretty jam, and Ben adds some Tom heavy fills, and Rick is patient and. Then it just really gets moved. Just it, it just it just gradually picks up pace, and then it's really moving. Uh, this one got quite funky, I thought, and some nice chord soloing from Rick over over Peter's piano, Trev with some funk bass, and it really settles into a nice kind of dancey, upbeat funk groove, and uh, and, and blends back nicely into the pancakes, uh, you know, refrain. So yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, I, I think I'm right there with you. Not not the top of the stack, but it's not sitting right on the plate either. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's mid stack. Real. That's real. a good right. bite in the uh, end, you know, with the doobie finish. Real, real solid. Yeah, doobie encore was great. You know, I. It, it's a good encore slot. I feel like you know I would t- personally prefer something a little more high energy uh, in the encore slot, but doobie doobie definitely works. B loves a doobie uh, encore. Get- shout out to. Uh, Coach and Naveed having a doobie uh, during the encore, which was funny to watch from the balcony. Nice. Um, <laughs> hey, doobie encore is uh, not bad. On. And for your second show to pick up a doobie, Ryan, uh, not too shabby Solid. either. Hey, I got uh, a, I got a doobie on my too. second show too. You know what the 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 two um, you know longtime debut Goose originals that I wasn't able to catch in the six shows I saw were Jive 2 and Lead the Way. Everything else that, you know, isn't a debut from the last two years, like I think I think I've, I saw, which was really great. Um, anyway, so uh, moving on to the second night of DC, uh, we've got first set, Jive 1, Indian River, Dr. Darkness, SOS, Jeff Engborg. You know, I'm just going to say this show, um, you know, doesn't really have any meaningful improv until the fourth quarter. But, you know, I would say, the band's energy was high all night. They were playing really well. They just weren't playing jam songs. I would say Jive One was great. Indian River, they took their time with a little bit more than they do normally uh, with the with the Delta-ish jam. 
and I mean, you know, the cool kind of, I think this was the, the, uh, the second iteration of that Indian river dissolve into the weird dark jam into Dr. Darkness, which was cool. Um, SOS was great as it always is. And Angborg is an awesome song and I love that they play it because Clav. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan. I mean, I, th- I think you're, yeah, you're, 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 you're trying to make this one sound as good as you can, but yeah, it's, it's, yes. it falls short definitely after that the night before, but I tell you what, that jive one coming out of the gate was hot, hot. That was a huge intro jam. Hot. And I, I'm not sure I've, I've heard either a longer or a better one, in fact. And I, 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 I probably should have asked you, you know, being there, was there a reason that they would intro it that long? I mean, you know, I did. I, I part of me thought, is there? It almost sounded like they were recycling through. So, is, is somebody have an equipment issue? They or, were feeling it. Yeah, or that you know, or they're just feeling it. Vibe. They were just feeling it. Um, and then just I'll quickly run through the set. So, so the Indian River, yeah, it, it had the Welcome to Delta ish jam again. Ish, and we talk about efficiency a lot. This this isn't it. <laughs> the, yeah. the, this is this this is not the you know what what you would picture and or or you know here when you think of efficiency. This was uh, this kind of felt like they spent a lot of time not really going anywhere, um, at least not anywhere incredibly interesting to me. And so certainly, in my opinion, it was it was my least favorite. I guess I would say of those expanded Indian rivers that we've been seeing. And then yeah, Doctor Darkness. Another strong SOS. Angborg is super cool, but yeah, that that set pretty much wrapped up with with not a whole lot of like you said, Ryan, meaningful improv. I like the bookends on that set. I I really like that jive one. I mean, I I think it clocks in like just over thirteen minutes, or just under fourteen. Um, fourteen minutes. Yeah, and then Jeff Engborg. I I can't say enough about this tune. Uh, I love it, and I wish they shout would- out to Jeff Engborg. Um. Yeah, it, it, it's really nice guy. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> he seems like a great dude. I've seen him like posting on uh, on El Goose, but um, it's to me like the spiritual cousin of Earthling or Alien, and like that is going to get some booze from the peanut gallery. But like it, it, it does the same thing. I think it's Angborg? intended to do the same. Who's thing. booing Angborg? What? I want Earthling or Alien. People. Oh, uh, I, I know, but you made the comparison. You're yeah. the comparison. Yeah. Like people the comparison. are booing Angborg. Not, Who's not booing Angborg? But look, it does it does the same thing, right? It gets you moving. It's like a, an awesome first set dancer to to get everybody like into the show. Um, and I, I love the placement. You know, I, yeah, I, I hope this shows up in a whole ton of first sets. Uh, really great too. Yeah, fun fun set. Nothing memorable, but that would have been sweet to be there. I agree. I'm ready to see Engborg. I think it's going to be a fun song live. But that's about all I got. It is this one. I'm a huge fan. I've seen of the, two Angborgs, not to not to flex. I'll trade you so, an Angborg with something. I'm a huge fan of the too. super dark anyway. little transitional stuff that Rick does in between Indian River and Dark, setting the table for Doctor Darkness. That's so cool. So cool. It's that uh, it's that Ditto X4 uh, Looper pedal, which uh, that was in the you can uh, find out more price. about if you watch. I saw that in uh, a rundown, a rundown of a yeah. rig. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Anyway, sorry, Kev. <laughs> Rig reprise. <laughs> um, okay, moving into set two uh, of this show. We've got Bob Dawn, Flow Down, Time to Flee, Knights in White Satin, All I Need Arrow. As we mentioned, you know, first half of this set, not too much in the way of improv. Uh, Bob Dawn was cool. 
I was excited to see it live. No outro jam on this one, unfortunately. As Bob Don uh, without. Moving into yeah. Bob, Bob Don without. Uh, and then moving into Flowdown. This Flowdown was, you know, it, it, it's a Flowdown in the second set, so not the <laughs> ideal placement. But really slow build, which not ideal for a second set. But it was cool to... It's it's 15-minute Flowdown without, like, you know, two minutes of it being a set opener, which happens sometimes. So... That it was cool to watch them take their time on that intro. Uh, Flee into Nights was great. Um, and then All I Need into Arrow. You know, we finally get that improv in the show. Um, All I Need takes that beautiful dark turn again, just like the drive from the first night uh, in that first jam. Gets super, just really, really great. And then, you know, I, I figured it was going to be a single jammer. Then they brought out the second jam. And before we knew it, um, really, really patient segue into Arrow. Uh, this was kind of the you know the first of many segues where they, they, you know they're finally um, reaching that that full Arrow notation on the set list uh, instead of just the the partial bleed into. Um, so it's it's really cool to watch them you know take their time with it and actually kind of blend the songs into each other. Um, but th- this was great, and and I mean Arrow is one of those songs where I, I think. You know, the last couple of years, which I mean, it's only been around for a few years, but Arrow's one of those songs where it really, it either takes a long time to get somewhere interesting or just kind of sits within Arrow for a really long time. Um, and this one gets interesting uh, towards the end, um, but for the most part, you know, it kind of stays uh, within the box. And then uh, Love Light Encore was fun. Uh, shout out to Spuds uh, for singing. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add, Ryan. So we can we can kind of zip through this. Uh, all I will say is that if Angborg is Earthling's cousin, spiritual cousin, then all I need is Earthling's spiritual daddy. Nice. <laughs> what? Nice. Wow. No, I don't know what that means. Um, oh, I, just, I don't either. I just, I, I'm just trying to distance Angborg from Earthling or Alien. Well, it's not there. Uh, but but no, n- nothing else to add, Ryan. Yeah, I really liked the first All I Need jam. Second one, cut short a little bit to go into Arrow. And Arrow, uh, l- like a few of the ones that we've seen this year, a little long. There's some cool ambient jamming in there. Uh, but but by and large, nothing that I've that I've you know had on repeat. And Love Light closed it out. Bring the Bob Don outro jam back, please. Yeah. yeah. Hey, sure. I mean, it, it came, it's 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 a kind of it's a gamble. Sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Hey, second set Bob Dons though are nothing to sneeze at. They don't come around too often. Uh, last one I think was Minnesota, and then before that it was Halloween, and then Westville. Um, so the Ryan, I I asked at the time for turn on your Love Light. Was Russo at the show? Russo was not at the show. Okay. Um, they did Love Light because they wanted to play Love Light, not because they wanted to troll a fan. Gotcha. No, um, but uh, I know I know Spuds was encouraged to sing, and I'm glad that he did. Um, so before we move on from the show, I, I will say that I really really liked the the transition from All I Need to Arrow, which Ryan you already said, um, and I like this Arrow. Uh, Arrow starts off really good with a little jam before the actual tune starts, uh, which we talked about a little bit before we started recording that I loved. And then there's like a section towards the end of this Arrow that uh, also is really good for a few minutes. Um, but, you know, it's uh, what everybody else is saying. There's about 14 to 18 minutes in there that kind of just does what Arrow does. So 
kind of takes away from it being a super strong jam. A little bit. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to Charlotte. Um, we've got first set, Honeybee, Creatures, Pump Duck, Kicks, uh, Elizabeth, Silver Rising, and Tumble. I would like to preface this by saying I think I'm, I have a little bit of a skewed perspective on this show. I feel like I would view it a bit more positively, um, but the venue in Charlotte is the, I would not recommend uh, the Fillmore. We were all was, you know, packed in like sardines, very sweaty, not good sight lines, um, but I would like to give a huge shout out uh, to Sam Bardani on Front of House Sound, um, who you know, absolutely kills it every night and made this not great venue still sound incredible. Um, so thank you for that. Um, but this first set, it kind of, the song lengths kind of make it seem stronger than it is though. I think I view it more highly than other people could be attendance bias. Um, yes, probably is definitely is, um, you know, honeybee is honeybee. Um, this creatures was really cool because I had accidentally seen a set list and i knew that pumped up kicks was coming out of that so i was kind of holding my breath when they played creatures and i was kind of expecting like a you know 12 minute run of the mill creatures into pumped up kicks um, but i was really happy that they took their time with it you know stretched it to almost 24 minutes peter really shining in this jam kind of you know the first looks at what we'll see later in the tour with him doing you know a bit of a different kind of playing on the clav um, not just straight, you know, taking the front, uh, shredding on it, um, which obviously I love, but taking more of a backseat kind of, uh, working on that more democratic vibe in the jams, um, and really great groove, uh, in that creatures pumped up kicks was, you know, pumped up kicks. Uh, Elizabeth got into this really, really filthy funk jam in the middle. Um, really great silver rising. I was surprised to see. Uh, so soon again after just being played at Goosemiss. And uh, I think this was the first song to hit. I forget if it was five or six plays uh, for the year. And then uh, Tumble to close the set after I was expecting uh, Silver Rising to close. Uh, you know, Tumble was 23 minutes. I thought they kind of hit on an arrow vibe in the middle, uh, but it doesn't do a whole lot for its length, uh, in my opinion. But still a solid way to close the set. Um, I like the creatures like there were some really cool soft spaces there. Um, you know, not not like a, a creature that's, that's going to knock your socks off. But um, the cool part is when they were transitioning into pumped up kicks, it really, really sounded like they were going to do Shama Lama uh, like for a while. Um, and mm, I think we were joking about that when we were kind of listening to the um, I think we were listening to a fan stream for this one, weren't we? Yes. And uh, so that one was like pretty fun and like kind of a surprise that like pumped up kicks came right when it really sounded like they were going to jump into Shama Lama. I like this, this Elizabeth, uh, the Elizabeth was like pretty fun, had like a kind of a cool classic rock style jam at the start. Um, and then kind of went into like Rick, just kind of riffing blues stuff. And then it got like kind of like aimless and then, then shifted back to rocking out pretty hard at the end. You know, it, it it did what an Elizabeth can do. It's not like a standout Elizabeth or anything. Silver Rising is always incredible. I don't yet. You know, I'll listen to it every show I go to. I don't care. I can play it every time. I really liked um, uh, in this tumble. Uh, it didn't do a whole lot of things, but like in my notes when we we're listening to it for the first time, it was like uh, Peter's guitar tone in this was was really awesome and. 
Like it sounded like somewhere in between like girlfriend is better and like the, the guitar breakdown and smooth criminal, like smooth criminal, like, uh, uh, Michael Jackson, not like alien ant farm or anything like that. <laughs> but like, um, it sounded really good. And then he kind of like stayed with this, this guitar tone, um, in, in the tumbles through the, like the rest of the tumbles that they played. Uh, and it's awesome. And I love, love his tone in this tumble. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it's uh, the set, li- set list itself. Yeah, nothing really excited me. I think what you guys had said. Good Elizabeth, though. Uh, definitely wasn't a clit one. It was nice and extended. And uh, yeah, no, I, I thought great, great little jam. Um, it's a good makeup of songs, but I think there was just so many stronger sets the rest of the tour. So nothing too crazy. I agree with Danny. If I'm coming back to the set for any reason, it's going to be to listen to that Silver Rising and the new vocal arrangement harmonies. Just totally in love with the song, the harmonies. Just a great, great song. And how many times did they play? That's one of the most uh, that they've played out of the new song so far, Silver Six. Rising. Six times. Yeah. Love it. Play it every show. It's such a great song. Yeah, I, that says it all, Kevin. When you're going back to the set or the show to to catch that Silver Rising again. Yeah. And for me, set two started off with with a couple nice jams that I know a lot of people like. Uh, the the slow ready with the extended jam, uh, nice segue into the hot tea, and I'll just give you give you my thoughts real quick. Uh, that was definitely the highlight of the set. Western Sun, White Lights closed out the set. Encore, Dance in the Moonlight. Uh, not much. To, to mention from, from my perspective there, I will just add that this was the shortest set to an encore of the year at just 65 minutes. With encore too? Yeah. Well. With encore. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was a, there was a dark horse in the set list um, that I know coach was upset. They didn't play, but uh, slow, ready, hot tea, you know, I mean, obviously, I know, I know you don't like it as much, Brian. But I, I think this is, I mean, this is the best slow ready they've played yet in terms of having that extended jam uh, at the end. They've done it uh, a couple of times before, and then one time after. I, I believe the only two before this were the uh, Pines, July second, and um, Atlanta, November sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but the, the slow ready was really cool. Hit on some, you know, a really cool kind of space groove vibe uh, on the back half after the classic arpeggiator jam when they got into that deeper arpeggiator jam. Um, and the segue into hot tea again, as I mentioned with the all I need arrow, really taking their time on this segue. Really, really amazing. You know, and hot tea incorporating that arpe- arpeggiator back in was really awesome. I'm I'm a fan, you know, more arpeggiator jams, I think, you know, not too much, but like bringing it in every once in a while, I think it adds a really, really cool vibe to the song. And, you know, it kind of kind of does what a click track does. So that's that's pretty cool. They yeah, I, um, I think the, definitely, <laughs> definitely some 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 click track in this already. Um, I, <laughs> I think that the I mean, you know, I one par- comment I have about it, though, in terms of like they put that segment up online and you know we can't discredit like admittedly that those are the songs that are going to capture a large audience so i understand in terms of getting the video yeah it's 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 okay there's some goodness in it but about it yeah for the for the most part you know after slow ready hot tea like 
Western Sun didn't have a jam on it. White Lights, cool White Lights jam, and then Dancing in the Moonlight was Dancing in the Moonlight. But nothing nothing crazy in the second set. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'll say about the second set is uh, this second set is an argument for a non-core. You know, you get just 13 keep playing. minutes. Of, uh, yeah, just keep playing, man. Like, you know, that White Lights uh, was only 13 minutes long. I could have dealt with like seven more minutes of White Lights than 13 minutes of White Lights then, you know, encore break and then, you know, five minutes of dancing in the moonlight. Give me an encore in that situation. Like if you're coming short, you know, just play through it. I mean, they did it all through yeah. COVID. So why not? Why do you hate King Harvest? <laughs> uh, it's, it's no moving out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Trash on Ryan for not knowing covers again. <laughs> Um, okay. Shall we move on? Moving on to the next show. Yeah. Uh, we've got the, the next night in Nashville, March 4th. First set going Atlas Dogs, Butter Rum, It Burns Within, The Whales Switch In, Pancakes. This Atlas Dogs didn't really stick out too much to me. I feel like it kind of hasn't lived up to the potential it kind of uh, showed early in Lake One. Um, but Butter Rum uh, seems to be a jam vehicle now, so that's something we can all chew on a little bit. Um, it burns within was great. Wales was the Wales switching. Uh, great to hear that again. Uh, after you know, kind of a longer gap. Uh, last time played uh, Charleston last year, May sixth, um, and then another absolutely incredible pancakes. You know, to close the first set here. This one might be my favorite of the bunch so far. You know, gets really has this really really cool super dissonant section in the middle. Um, Peter doing some great work on the organ, which I will talk more about later. His, you know, leg one was all about Peter uh, and his improvement in his guitar work. And leg two, he really, really focused on taking his keyboard playing in different directions. And it really starts showing up uh, in the latter half of this leg. You know, we'll talk about the different stuff that he's doing with the clav, uh, with that delay pedal later, uh, him taking the lead on the organ uh, in some jams, uh, which I will get to but really kind of not just uh doing what you expect uh on the keys i i think you know you kind of see the beginnings of that here yeah ryan i i liked i, li- I like atlas dogs and i liked it as an opener it that that segue into butter rum started a little early in that atlas jam so not sure where that ranks in my list but but it's, it's not the top in terms of the atlas dogs there's been a couple of really good ones though and then yeah, just quickly it burns within glad to see it back for sure hope hope it gets into more regular rotation at some point love to see switching a lot of people always call it as an opener yeah uh so it was it, a lot of people it was we did we didn't get it a, a, as an opener as we would all kind of expect because that's where it shows up a lot but very happy to see it, and yeah, this it's this set's all about the pancakes, and this is my favorite pancakes. I can say that for sure. And I, in fact, I think I have this as like my eighth jam of the year right now. And like like I like I said before, this one does the same thing. Slides into a nice chill jam uh, shortly after moving out of the the verse chorus, kind of proper section of the song, and then they this one. You know, the, the the tempo goes up and it kind of takes a dark turn, which is kind of cool. And that's something that that I've been noticing as as Goose does start to incorporate a little bit more kind of darker, you know, vibes and tones and, and all that. A lot of times they keep the momentum going. And, and I think sometimes when I think about dark jams, I think of something a little bit slower, 
like sinister is is going to be slow but i like how they introduce that darkness while maintaining the tempo in, in some of these in some of these jams and this one was was like that and then it does end up slowing way down it kind of gets a little spooky and you know trev locks into a nice slow bass groove peter calls the cops in rick does some you know he's doing his accent work over the top and and then ben and jeff start to bring the beat back up and then it just just keeps building momentum and, and a, a really nice peak before they they bring it back home so yeah definitely top of my stack you skip yeah. the whales yeah i'm on the top stack as well um rest of the set I think is, you know, it's, it's got some fun songs. I think it birds within, I don't know. I mean, I wish it gets played more, but I think we're kind of sitting on, it's one of those rare ones once every, what, 12 shows, 14, 15 shows. Um, but uh, it's, it's set got a little slow there for me. Switching's great to hear. Uh, I think the, the sort of rum with burns, whales, switching, um, but an excellent pancakes to finish. Brian sort of summed it up. Yeah, the, there's that drop, I think, almost around like 15 minutes or so where it's kind of like Halloween intro. It's like Halloween music and super slow and like haunting um, uh, kind of Twilight Zone. And um, yeah, the cops definitely got called in my right. head a couple of times. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's, it's just a, a wonderful song. I think like each time we'll talk about it the 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 variety in the jams like it is efficient but unlike some songs that are long and feel long i feel like pancakes has done a great job of being able to like provide some some changes and tempo changes and and sort of mood shifts and um keeps the listener captivated so uh, really excited for the song this summer um and a couple more versions of this tour like we'll talk about but yeah otherwise that's pretty much the highlight of the set for me uh, dogs, uh, I, I think it's a great opener uh, here. I mean, it's not like a, a jam we're going to remember years from now, but like if you're at the show, you're you're loving that Atlas Dogs. Uh, I thought it was pretty great. Uh, the bubble rum. Uh, it's not just butter rum. It's bubble rum. Bubble rum? Yeah, man. It's bubble like full on bubble, bubble house dogs. teas in here. I can't yeah. believe I'm the only one to mention this. All right. Uh, I, I, get, I like, forgot about that. I get really fired up for bubble house teases. One of these days, Goose is going to play bubble house and I'm there for it. I'm going to listen to nobody but Ben when they play it. Uh, I'm so stoked for it. So like, yeah, what Ryan said, like butter rum is a jam vehicle now. Like they're doing jams in this tune that aren't bad. Um, and this is an example of that. So, you know, all the butter rum hate and which I'm not going to get into, uh, like this is a good butter rum and, uh, the kind of a welcome second tune in the first set, there's something opinion on it burns within. I don't think this one hits as an electric tune. Uh, I, I love the song. I absolutely love it. And I love it when a plays it, but I, I think the reason why they don't play it so much is because, um, it just doesn't hit the same as an electric tune. And like, maybe I'm completely wrong on that one. And, I'll take a, Neil, I'll, Neil. I'll 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 back you up a hundred percent on that, man. I love this song. Like you guys know, as long as I've been talking with you guys, this song. Yeah, I put it on Fantasy Goose, and you guys make fun of me for it, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but I want to see the song hit so much, and it hurts my heart so much to see it being played and it not just fitting into the flow of the set list. It hurts my heart. T five, go listen to T five. It, it, it has a place. The, I, I do agree about this particular version. I didn't like this placement. Go listen to T5 again. They can do it electric. It has a spot. Don't know why they don't play it more. Right on. Um, 
I was there. Uh, that was cool, though. That that second set of T5 in the three-set show is when they played it, and that actually fit pretty pretty dope there. Switching, um, I mean, listen, like, if you have good taste in music, you want to hear them open with that? Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, so you would know. The first set, like, I'm all right with it. Um, but, hey, man, they can play it whenever they want. Uh, I love it. Uh, and then of course the, the pancakes, this is like, this is the top of the stock for me. This is my favorite pancakes. So much good stuff happens in this one. Um, there's like a, a, a dragonfly jam at the beginning of this, which they do like a zillion times throughout this tour where they, they start to play like some part of dragonfly and they kind of walk away from it. Like you guys said, Peter called the cops. When Peter calls the cops, it's a great jam. Um, like there's no two ways about it. I think we said this on the last pod. Um, there's no bad jam that Peter calls the cops on uh at all since he started calling them and then the 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 kind of the the bass groove that that trevor drops in the middle of this pancakes is one of the more like cool things i've heard him do in 2022 kind of like conjured this image of like a you know like a giant like plodding through my nightmares um (laughs) like it was great uh love this love this pancake so much love it uh okay and then set two of this show Born, Rockdale, Seekers on the Ridge, Part 1, Part 2, Yeti, Trevor Reads Poetry, Yeti, Magic Carpet Ride, and Turn Clouds Encore. Born has kind of gone through a few incarnations so far. Uh, this one has that kind of more um, grounded jam than that synth build that was in it before, but still none of that um, kind of like, you know, drum primal banger. driven groove jam uh, that will pop up along with this first jam uh, in Cleveland. Or, yes, or Royal Oak, sorry. Um, I was at that show. Jeez, I should know. Um, and then we got Rockdale. Um, you know, it's 24 and a half minutes. Um, doesn't do a whole lot, but I think this is necessary to get to where we get uh, with the Cleveland, Cleveland. Rockdale. Um, I was really excited to see Rockdale, you know, finally start to stretch his legs as you know, going outside the box, uh, which we hadn't seen uh, before now. You know, Seekers mid-second set, it kind of takes up a big chunk of time. You know, would rather see this in a first set closing spot. I know I don't have a good track record with um, criticizing second set setless choices, but I, I think Seekers works best uh, in the first set, uh, in my personal opinion. Yeti, you know, Trevor reading poetry is always fun. Shout out to Coach for bowling a strike uh, on the webcast. Legend. And then... Magic Carpet Ride, you know, was long and they did some stuff in it. And then Turn Clouds was the encore. Yeah, Coach did the, who do you think you are? I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So um, I heard you say Cleveland Rockdale. Can we talk about that now? Mm, No. No. We'll get there. It's going to be so fun. Um, So I... But just the born real quick. Yeah, we, we had the the new kind of piano solo in place of that slow build that they had that they had done previously. Um, and it's 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 always cool. We always talk about how cool it is that they try different things. Um, personally, I, I really just love that that slow build. I think Seattle is for me still the top top born. I just I think that's the perfect version. Um, and. This Rockdale, like you said, Ryan, it's 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 long, clocks in over twenty four minutes, and uh, a, a bit of churn 
It's a cool jam. Uh, it, it probably goes Love on. a good churn. Yeah, it probably goes on, probably churns a little too long for my taste. But, and then to, totally agree on Seekers. We've talked about this before. I think, I think as, I think if this pairing shows up um, in set one, you know, right before a nice big closer, that's a really awesome spot for it. And Yeti, Trevor Reed's Poetry, that's cool and fun. Magic Carpet Ride set two closer. I don't know. And then, uh, and then a, a really nice turn clouds encore, which which is always, uh, I think, a good spot for that song. So uh, that's it for me for Nashville Night One. Weren't they getting ready to play something else uh, for Magic Carpet Ride? Didn't we think it was something else? We think it was Dark Horse or something that was coming. I think we were just hoping that it was anything. Else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I possibly. No, I, I I agree. I think this set, just like looking at it, I'm staring at it on paper right now. Well, actually, my computer screen, so not paper. But um, it it's just odd. Uh, I, I I yeah, not not the best born. Um, trying something different is always nice, and the Rockdale is overshadowed immediately. In hindsight, now even more. I don't like Seekers right here, and then Yeti is cool, but. I, I don't know. It's just, it just felt like an odd set too. It's almost like kind of running out of steam um, from the first week of coming back after Goosemas and uh, yes, beautiful turn clouds. It's, it just feels odd. Like I, I don't think I would ever put this set back on. I, I like this Rockdale. I, I mean, it, it's not nearly as good as the Rockdale that's about to come, but it's the best Rockdale to date. So that's worth noting. Well, in my opinion, it's the best Rockdale to date. Uh, and I, you know, if you grew up in Connecticut, to March um, to March fourth, uh, <laughs> like it's the best Rockdale to March fourth. Yeah, to you yeah, know, that's how we do not how we do it. Okay. Um, but in any case, um, <laughs> in any case, moving on. Uh, the the if if you grew up in Connecticut, like I did, um, which none of you guys did, uh, Magic Carpet Ride is a tune that like Max Creek used to play all the time, and that was the one that would bring the house down, like when they played it. Um, so I have a soft spot in my heart for Magic Carpet Ride. I love this as like a set to closer. This Magic Carpet Ride was long and didn't do much, which kind of is a theme of the second set. Uh, it's very long and didn't do much in like a lot of different spots, um, except for Born, which <laughs> where the hell did the jam go? I don't know. But yeah, um, you know, it, th- that is what it is. And, you know, Turn Clouds is an encore. I also like... I was kind of joking about it on Twitter, like saying like I would have picked a more upbeat tune for encore. But it, it, the funny thing is on the, the the sound door for this, you can hear a guy like scream like there is a God uh, as they start it, which is pretty funny because <laughs> um, I think a lot of folks are chasing it. I think that was a good thing uh, that folks are talking about, um, like on another podcast, uh, <laughs> how they're, they're chasing this tune. Another so. one. All right. Um, well, moving on to uh, the second night of Nashville. You know, it's it's funny. I think the second night of the second set of night one and the first set of night two, and then you know, obviously the first set of night one and the second set of night two would kind of, if you swap them, it, one one of the shows would be way. I I kind of bungled <laughs> the delivery on that one. Well, um, but I I think the the first set of night one would go much better with the second set of night two. I'm just really um, excited to talk about California Magic's cousin in this first set here. Oh, spiritual cousin. Spiritual, spiritual cousin, I'm sorry. Hold on, well, hey, Ryan, real quick. Be- yes, before we yes. actually get into Nashville Night 2, I, 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 I want to call out 
the possible MVP of Nashville, which was the good night's sleep that I think the band got between night one and night two. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I think there's something to that. I think that, I, yeah, I think a good night's sleep in a bed in a, in a Our town boss. that you're familiar with, at least from the night before tends to do these guys really well. Same thing in Philly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, not in DC though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It doesn't work every time. Yeah. Well, hey, let's not jump into <laughs> what, pretty my good theory about why night two of DC didn't go so well. Um, just saying, like somebody might have been hanging what around your theory? break or uh, I mean soundcheck, and like just ruining the vibe. Not going to name any names. You know what? Ooh, ouch. Uh, uh, that same person was there at soundcheck on night one. Uh, so oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. moving on. Uh, moving on. Ignoring you. Do it. Say point. whatever you want. Say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, Nashville, night two. Nashville, night two, set one. Uh, Jive two, Jive Lee, lead the way, Earthling or Alien, California Magic. Not a ton to say about this set. Not a ton happening. Uh, really, uh, I think the best Jive Lee since T5, uh, possibly best Jive Lee since 10, 19, 20. You know, it hasn't done a whole lot recently. Uh, but outside of that, you know, nothing much really happening here. Oh man, yeah, I think it was a fun. I think it was a fun. Jive Two is one of my favorite um, openers. Just a just a great song. I've seen it open a couple of shows now. Denver in uh, Sculpture Park, I think Louisville. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 fun. It kind of gets you know nice and slow. Good build, a lot of organ. Like you said, Jive Lee is my highlight for sure. It had some really good elements on the back end. Um, and unique, like before, we've we've kind of seen it be a little typical, straightforward, kind of an eight to ten minute song. So it was nice to see it kind of spread its legs a little bit. Oh, stretch its legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you guys are crazy. Thirty minutes of Jive Two, Jive Lee to start a show. Like that's awesome. incredible. That's 20, that's 20, yeah, twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty Twenty seven. Almost yeah. twenty eight. Anyways, All right. Um, that, that's a lot of Jive to start a show. And I'll take it any show, any first set, first two songs. Absolutely. Um, that is that is a great way to open a show. I think it's a harbinger of things to come. Um, and I also really like Lead the Way in, yeah. in this set. Uh, it, you know, there's a, a huge, like, soaring peak in that jam that I absolutely loved. And I wish they kind of played it a little bit longer. And, like, man, I can't wait until they play this song, like, 20-plus minutes again. Because it's going to absolutely kick ass. Have they ever? Uh, oh. I don't know if they've hit twenty with it, but but they but they've come close to twenty with it. They've they've done a couple extended versions. And, Not and, since twenty nineteen though. Yeah, yeah. And Neil, I, I totally agree. That I this set took a lot of flack uh, online, and you know I understand that it's short, um, so you know I can, you know I can accept that. But yeah, I agree. I thought Jive Two, Jive Lee lead the way. That's great. a great. That's a great first. You know, almost forty minutes of music and er- I'm sorry. Wait, 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 you went from being like, no, it's not 30. <laughs> calling it almost 40 with, with lead the way I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, with lead. I thought you just meant drive to chive. Lead. Almost 40, <laughs> <I'm gonna> <laughs> not, almost 40 not minutes, 30, but almost 40. <laughs> and then continue, you know, and then obviously I think on paper we see, Oh, California magic seven closer. What's going on there. I, I don't have the picture in front of me, but I seem to remember that, I think maybe Echo was on the list to close first set. Uh, I don't know. I was hoping maybe one of you guys would remember. But anyway, 
you know, there certainly was was some kind of audible there to end that set early versus maybe going longer than they would have liked to have gone. So that's a call that they make in the moment. And, you know, I guess we can we can always debate whether or not they got it right. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then, I mean, I think we have a lot to say about the second set. Is it the best set they've ever played? Maybe. Um, Echo, Rosewood, Echo, Arcadia, Bird, State of the Art, AIOU, and then a Dripfield Encore. I mean, pretty incredible stuff. It, Rick really rides that uh, core, like that kind of dissonant-ish chorus effect of his uh, throughout Echo. Um, Rosewood, I would say, is probably the fourth best jam of this set. Um, and then uh, Arcadia, I think it was one of you who said Trevor. Uh, it's Trevor's fault that they did that Wolfman's Brother jam. That's me. Um, yep. And then Redbird continues to deliver every single time it's played. And uh, State of the Art is a you know, it's a great cover of theirs, and Dripfield is awesome. You guys can go more in detail on this. Well, yeah, this, this, in my opinion, is absolutely the best set to and encore that they've ever played. And Echo is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's in my, it's in my top shit. I think it might even be in my top five. It, and I have it as my second ranked Echo behind Portland. Uh, but th- but this is another really good one. It's got a nice chill, patient jam, nice melodies, a fiery peak, and the rosewood has the, so 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 yeah, a lot of good rosewoods. Uh, we've been talking about that. I, this is probably actually like my fourth ranked rosewood. So I, so I think I agree with um, with the sentiment of you know where it would rank within the set even. But this this rosewood does have a really huge peak just coming out of the first, you know, proper jam of the song. And I also love the somewhat of an ambient breakdown at the end, which sets up a real nice return to just the closeout, the, the closing of Echo with with the, the vocal refrain. Um, and then Arcadia with another, uh, I, I love the, I love how we're getting the slow ending type, yeah. like jam. And then we get into the regular, you know, full speed ending. Uh, only change I might have made to this set is maybe swapping Redbird and State of the Art, uh, but I love the, the the list is near perfect in terms of the song selection. Uh, not even getting to Dripfield as the encore, but uh, the the Redbird also really good. Um, I like how at, at the from about fifteen minutes or so on, I really love this Redbird jam. They almost kind of do like a quick pause. Like they come down on the one beat, it's almost a real quick pause, and then a big drop on the two beat. And they kind of do, they kind of all, you know. I think Rick starts that, and everybody catches on. And and but by, by the end, where where this, you know, where it builds to a peak, just just from that, you know, where, where the, the bird is taking flight. Bird, yeah, yeah, it's great, it's great. Um, and then and then Dripfield as an encore. I mean, I'm sure everyone was psyched. Um, so yeah, like I said, I for me, this is absolutely the best set to encore combination that they've done. I don't think I can say anything that Jive hasn't said, uh, other than a highlight of the set is state of the art. Um, it, it is an amazing cover tune. And I Absolutely. think, um, you know, when we, we listen to jam bands, we kind of like give them room to like be sloppy or like not execute well, uh, um, pass on the then- vocals. Yeah. And then, you know, just like do a tune and be like, oh, man, I really love that tune. But like, you know, the execution wasn't really great. 
I mean, people pay big money to see bands go out and do tunes just like this with no jams uh, and execute it as well as Goose did. And just hear that, like no jams, right? Um, and But do those bands play to a click track? Uh, well, sh- <laughs> Some of them do. I'm sure they do. Um, but like th- this cover <laughs> is, is outrageously good for a jam band. Outrageously good for a jam band. And, you know, I'll, I'll die on that hill. They're an indie groove band. It's good for uh, any band. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 there's so much amazing shit going on in this set. Like, I can talk about everything for, like, forever, but, like, I really wanted to to put an underscore on the state of the art. Um, it's probably the best one, in my opinion, that they've played. Um, I think everyone is fantastic. Everything hit perfect. And it was just so precise and so tight. And let me just say, Neil, I, I certainly didn't mean to diminish state of the art by suggesting that it swap in the in the order that it was played. Yep. Uh, I, I was really saying that to say that there's nothing else about this set that I would have changed. Yep. That's how good that's how good it is. But I love state of the art uh, and uh, it, it absolutely worked as a closer here. I think he was trying to talk about something that you hadn't already talked about. <laughs> That's what I was shooting for. <laughs> um, otherwise, I could have said like, you know, like he's repeated everything well, Jack said. Um, yeah, let me let me circle back then and add that to mine. <laughs> right on. But uh, no, that Echo Rose uh, is beautiful, and I agree. That's like in my top. I don't know. I think it might be in my top five. Um, it, it, it incredible jam. I was listening to that on my commute today, and I was like punching the ceiling of my car as I was like driving in. Uh, it's uh, it's a spectacular jam. It's really good. And then the Wolfman's Arcadia is absolutely Trevor's fault, and I love it, and I love him for it. Oh, and Dripfield Encore. Like, what else can be said? Um, I would have had drip, like drip. way better notes for this whole entire tour if I didn't listen to this Dripfield like a hundred times. Damn it, Neil! How could you? Yeah, it is what it is. All right. Uh, then they had a nice day off in Tennessee before moving on to Knoxville on March seventh. First set, Time to Flee, Travelers, Doc Brown, Wisteria Lane, Dr. Darkness, Lookout Cleveland. I mean, you know, obviously the Lookout Cleveland was a warning for what would come <laughs> later in the week. Um, but, you know, Flea opener kind of did what Flea has done. Uh, this leg, you know, stayed in that very upbeat, blissy jam, peaked very nicely, a lot of strong Rick, you know, but doesn't rank too high. And I, I, I take this Wisteria that is phenomenal. You know, it's kind of obviously not not on the level of uh, San Francisco or D.C., but it's still really, really good. Again, more of that uh, incredible drum-led jamming. Just fantastic stuff. And, yeah, I, I, I really, really love this Wisteria upon re-listen. Well, I'll jump in here. So, <laughs> yeah, just a, a quick run through this set, Ryan. I, I agree with, with, with everything you said. The, the Flea was... Great jam to open the show. Not a whole, whole lot there that we haven't heard before, but great. Always nice to see Flea opening a show. I like it there. I don't think we got the... Don't want to skip over Travelers. Love the tune. Doc Brown, I was going to say, I don't think we got the Doc Brown effect at this show. I don't like, think so either. Like we, like we saw DC1 and then, of course, many, many times throughout the history of Doc Brown. This Wisteria was more of a... I, I would say more of a dance party than the darkness of the other two monster versions that we've seen, but I mean, it's still so great that there, there, there's no bad version. Um, you know, that's for sure. There's, I, I do know that 
one of the things that I've seen a lot from Peter in this this tour this year, and this this Wisteria is another great example of that, is just the lush kind of soundscape that he creates. And even, I, I think almost especially more so, it seems like with a lot of the the, the, the two guitar songs, uh, Peter's very inventive with 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 how he creates all of that um, you know that lush soundscape underneath what what Rick and, and everyone else is doing, but but this was good. It felt like they it 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 felt like they were heading in a in a really cool direction. Just like in the if you listen to the final minute or so of this wisteria, it sounded like somebody wanted to go somewhere, and it sounded pretty cool. And then they somewhat i think abruptly went into dark dr darkness instead so um and then the lookout cleveland uh some really cool stuff here as well they almost similar some really cool stuff actually almost similar to to the portland echo that 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 really cool almost carnival type um psychedelic part of that portland echo you hear a little bit of that here, Trevor dropping some staccato bass notes and and everyone else kind of dancing around that. Um, not not nearly as psychedelic or long as what they did in Echo, but that's what it reminded me of, and it was so pretty cool. Uh, and and I just love that. I love that kind of experimentation that that we're seeing. Um, and yeah, that wrapped up the the Cleveland. And you know, overall, another kind of I, I I would say good, not great, but that's a good set. Couple, couple really nice jams. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, a fun show and this set in particular. That, like you said, Brian, it's going to be overshadowed for me just in terms of some of like the versions or what I want to listen to. But you know, in the moment and like that's what I love. I, I great, great songs, great songs. Um, solid. You know, time to flee is always a great opener. Uh, I think, like Ryan said, we sort of it's they're finding that pattern of kind of the bliss and uh, nice peak. I'll listen to Travelers any day of the week. I've loved Peter Synth's work on it. Um, it's continued to get stronger, little bits of variety through each version. Not not a ton. It'll, we'll never get that bingo tour plus 15-minute jam, unfortunately, but I can I can hope. And yeah, the Wisteria, I thought the same thing, Brian. It's sort of like I listened back to it, and it's almost like they took like – it's like eight minutes to kind of get somewhere. And those triggers – correct me, right, Ryan? He's Peter's triggering the synth sort of just like a patch basically and sort of a, a washing synth that's kind Correct. of yeah yeah so i've loved that um i think it fits perfectly in this song and um yeah good cleveland like cleveland's one of a great cover now um that they've shown to bring bring very high energy and uh i think just closes a set really well so fun set nothing i'm gonna go back to a ton but yeah i liked it i miss uh i miss jammed out doc browns in the two slot yeah right um, oh, that would definitely be nice. This time to flee, like it jumps out at you, right? It's over 22 minutes. So you would kind of expect something like fall of 21, where it's like kind of like really spacey and like kind of psychedelic. And it doesn't do that. It actually sounds like older fleas, um, which are kind of more like rockers and ragers. And, you know, it, it was pretty good. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. Um, the cool thing about this set, I think, is Wisteria and, and kind of emphasizing what, what, what Brian was saying about Peter and kind of laying textures under the jam. Um, and Peter's the star in this. And then it actually comes in later in the show in set two, um, where Peter really crushes it as well. But, uh, this, this was Lane is, is kind of 
bolstered by by Peter's rhythm playing. Um, I, I really love the way that he was like stacking effects in this. Like there was like a, a good amount of like him using um, like delay and the phaser at the same time. Yeah, th- this is a great Mysterio lane. Um, a distant third to the other two that they've played in 22, but um, still spectacular. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the second set, uh, we've got Empress, Silver Rising, Flowdown, Spirit of the Dark Horse, Maskinata, and a So Ready Encore. You know, I, I feel like Empress, you know, Emil will uh, laugh and say, I told you so, but I feel like, you know, it's kind of doing uh, a lot of the similar stuff that it did in 2021, but now that the novelty of it is gone, uh, of it being a 20-minute song, um, I feel like it doesn't hit the same and you know i don't have a single version of empress on my bracket and so now i wonder if going back and looking at 21 with this hindsight would i have ranked as many versions of empress uh in my top 64 not sure there's well, six you couldn't, have, you, you couldn't have ranked any more <laughs> hey you know what i could have there, there was a 10 minute version at like, sculpture yeah, park that more. i didn't rank there's also 16 more songs this year give yourself a break kid yeah well it Regardless, um, you know, Empress, I'd like to see in this uh, second set opening slot. I think it works really well here. Doesn't do a whole lot, obviously. Silver Rising, as mentioned before, love this song. Uh, Flow Down mid-second set is a Flow Down mid-second set. Dark Horse, um, you know, kind of not really doing a ton. I, I, The new arrangement is slowly growing on me but still not really sticking out jam wise. Um, and then kind of, you know, thought it was heading somewhere and then went into Mascanada, which I think, you know, could have just continued the dark horse jam instead of going into the other song. Um, uh, and then a so ready encore is a so ready encore. So, you know, solid set, nothing, nothing crazy to speak of. I would definitely take set one over set two, uh, in this show. Let me, let me quote my friend Kevin by saying, I don't always revisit Knoxville set two, but when I do, I go right to that silver rising. Thank you. <laughs> no, well Ryan, Ryan, I, I agree on the Empress talk. And now it, when you, when we do go back and listen to, to Empress from Perry, that, that one's always going to stand out. So, so well, I, I don't think Perry it, holds up. Yeah. yeah I, I'm I, not, yeah. I'm not talking about Perry here. Okay. J- just making sure. Yeah. So, some of that definitely does hold up, but, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it has lost a little bit. And so maybe it is, maybe it is something where it's like, Hey, we just bang out a hot, straightforward rock and 15 minute version, or we try to do something a little bit different. It kind of feels like they're, they're, they're sticking close to what, where they always try to take it. And so it never ends up feeling incredibly different. Um, and then, you know, in Aspen, of course, they they probably went maybe too far at the other end of the spectrum and, and, and really tried to change things up maybe too too much. But anyway, um, that said, yeah, Silver Rising is good. Flow down here. It's, it's just another one where I think maybe most of us agree that, yeah, probably first set, you know, either as a flow opener I don't love that term actually as a as a <laughs> as a set one opener. Or what does like, or, what does that stand for? Or or, or like in the three hole slowdown opener. What do you what do you Kev? I just wanted to get him to say it again, Ryan. Oh, oh flow opener? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like it could, what, what about a flong course? Yeah, it sounds like something D would say to make us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> 
and and then and then this dark horse, I I I feel like this dark horse was a was a little bit cleaner in some ways, but I I think I still prefer Minneapolis. Uh, to if we're comparing just these two newer kind of kind of versions that they're playing or these new arrangements, if you will, and and I, I, I'm right there with you, Ryan. I'm not a hundred percent sold on the the new arrangement, but yeah, I don't hate it either. So I, I think I think I just like to hear them work with it a little bit more and kind of see see where it goes. Um, and I think it would work better with the Thunder outro. Don't oh, you? absolutely, I yeah, for so. sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it almost feels like the way they're headed with this. The thunder opener fits less, um, and I think that's maybe part of what I don't like so much about this new arrangement is is it, is it feels like a little bit more and a little it's it's been a little more uncy, and I feel and, like, and they kind of work that they kind of work that you know Rick uh, Rick's opening part to the thunder outro they kind of work it into this new arrangement of uh, Dark Horse uh, kind of in the middle. But yeah, no, I, I think we all would agree that we would love to see the Thunder outro come back, please. Yes. Yes. For sure. It hits live. I. Uh, I, I, I like this <laughs> Dark Horse. I, I think it's really good. I think Peter continues with like incredible uh, guitar playing um, and parts, you know, like stacking effects, doing like a really excellent underscore of, of Rick's playing. Like, I don't think like Rick knocks it out of the park necessarily, but it's still like really good. You know, I don't want to say it was like right about Empress of Organos, but um, Moscanetta is is one of my my favorite Goose covers. And I, I hope they play it all the time. It it always, always hits great. Uh, and it's an excellent set to closer. Um, you know, it's not a jam that's going to bring the house down, but um, it's, you know, it's a party. Uh, and, and I love it. I think it's a set to closer in a bar. Oh, yeah, come on! But I love yeah, the song, I, and, yeah. and, and they do I rip that. it. I mean, they, they absolutely rip it. I mean, I it's, hear that. Yeah, I think I'll I, take it, but but you know, not when they're when they're truncating a dark horse jam for it. Yeah, it's that's my one that's my one uh, you know argument against it. I think here as well, that's probably the best moment of the set for me. Well, it is. I think it is the best moment of the set. Um, if they're trying something new, I agree. You know, and listening back. Like you said, Brian, whether you want little unce, little biscuits, whatever it is, they're they're bringing a different sound than what they have. And I think we've seen a little bit more. I think back to actually in hindsight now, uh, uh, first night of Denver to close the tour in November, um, we sort of got that set too with like the creatures and um they, uh, they, 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 they're trying to go sort of a mood, like a dance mood. And, and I think that, that it'll work as they, we see it evolve. It's, it's still not really clicking for me. I don't love the new arrangement too. So I think I have sort of that sour taste of how I want the song to be sang and it's not happening. Um, so, you know, whatever. It's the same thing, kind of a show. I'm not going to go back to a ton. Um, I think it's great. And that's also speaks to how strong this tour was. I'm not knocking it's not a bad show. Once again, it's, it's a very good show. That's just not memorable for me. There's too much. That's better. Yeah. It's the least best there. That's fair. Uh, moving on to March 9th in Royal Oak. I was at this show again. Um, we've got first set born SOS life on the shelf, Rosewood and Jeff Angborg. You know, th- this is uh, a cool bo- uh, born because we see, uh, you know, the culmination of the different arrangements that have come forth so far. I think I agree with Brian's earlier assessment that the Seattle one 
uh, is my favorite. You know, you've got the synth build and that groove jam out the back. Uh, this is obviously the longest one to date so far. Solid, but, you know, doesn't go outside of the song uh, very much. Um, this SOS, you know, the energy in the room at this show was awesome. Uh, and, you know, SOS just blows up any room it's played in. But, you know, nothing outside the box here. But that that's not an issue for this song. Shelf was shelf. Um, then we got the longest jam that Goose has ever played. You know, I think this Rosewood, you know, at 38 minutes is really, really good. Um, I think, you know, the first big chunk of it, they're doing what Rosewood normally does, getting into that kind of like driving groove uh, kind of outside the song that it hits on in most versions. Uh, but I think it really starts to pick up when it lands in that echo of a Rose jam. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, especially Neil, we all thought that they were segueing, um, you know, so I'm sorry to everybody that thought they were getting fantasy goose points. We didn't all think uh, that during this jam. I, I thought they were at the show. Um, I, I'd be surprised if you weren't because they were playing echo of a rose. They were, they, um, they were, were jamming but, it. They wait, can we, it. Look, can we pause on this echo of a rose thing and get that out of the way? Because like, I, I won't be able to continue <laughs> if we don't talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> They absolutely played that song. Um, when, you know, they jammed it. it. Yeah, I, they well, played the the song, but they didn't sing it. Didn't so it doesn't count. Love which is absolutely right. Um, yeah. And I have to say this one thing. So when Peter hit the clav, it was like this is absolutely echo, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how Jive laid off of like actually hitting send on that tweet. Uh, we, we, we've never discussed this, and we should have it's, discussed this at some point. You would think it would have come up. After all the shit I took, you know what? No, I, I can say. Goose. I thought I mentioned like if, if I was doing setlist thread, I would have tweeted Echo. Yes, yeah. you would have, no doubt. Uh, so, Jeff, you know what? Kev, you... I don't appreciate your tone. <laughs> <laughs> how did you lay off of that, Jive? What what led you to lay off of? Uh, What's your secret? Tweeting that, yeah. Or did you d- delete your shit really fast and like nobody saw it? <clears throat> no, people would see it. Come on. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is Jive Goose we're talking about here. Yeah, People look, have notifications on. Y- you know, it's there's an art to <laughs> okay to arriving at the certainty that's necessary to make a call, and that that just comes with experience. So it's 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 not something that I could teach you. Um, it's just something I think that that you have to observe and you know and then and then just spend time practicing you know the art the art of setless the art of setless threads make you makes you extraordinarily humble so i have a i i actually i actually have a serious question here okay so this transition from you know almost echo what happened there was it something that was planned do you think it was something that was like a mistake and they just kind of wrote it out like what happened there? I think they just kind of landed on the theme, and then I like they were kind of looking looking at each other on stage, and just kind of it seemed like they were laughing about it. Yeah, I mean, that, I thought that was twenty three minutes into yeah. Rosewood, yep. so so yeah, yeah, so obviously, I think I, I think what was happening is they were they were doing what they do, which is just kind of l- let things evolve and 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 kind of just ride the wave and. That's where they ended up. Yeah, that's just where yeah. they ended up. And then they clearly made the decision. And who knows it, w- whether or not this was something that was communicated in some way or not. But, I mean, they clearly made, made the decision that, oh, no, we're not going to pull the trigger on that. But 
they they wrote it out for a good three or four minutes where it was a full on echo jam and echo jam yeah yeah fully for sure it it was good and you know they didn't play the song neil um but i i think it also the rosewood got really really good after the echo jam too i think that's when it really started uh to go really outside the box um and then angborg you know closing the first set for the second time this tour absolutely exceptional placement Uh, i think this is the best of the three angborgs they've played so far you know i i think the, the way that Spuds absolutely just locks into the groove of this song uh, on the hi-hat and popcorn snare and Peter just tears away at the clav. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Shout out Jeff Engborg. Thank you for writing this song. It's uh, it, it, fits, it fits well, too. I think looking at it, um, SOS kind of gives a similar vibe. I don't know if that's a good yeah. thing or a bad thing, but I like it. Two upbeat uh, tracks. Um, yeah, fun. Super fun set. Um, I think the night off helped. Um a lot for the band and sh- i'm sure it was it was a it was a cool show to be at i had a lot of friends there and yeah the song i think like we've talked about it you know and while maybe none of the, in like this version too it, i think it's sort of uh as, as hasn't been stated but just because it's the longest jam band's ever played you know maybe it's definitely not my favorite jam they've ever played so there's something to be said in that but same time you know taking risks the song itself, Rosewood, I think has really, uh, ever since South Farms 2020, um, just really kind of taken hold as as one of their stronger jam vehicles in in ways that it's sort of a different track for me than some of the other bigger songs. Um, it's a little more beautiful, pretty, kind of slower to start. But yeah, finds these sort of spaces where it's very driving, as Ryan said. And um I'm of the team because I heard this version actually the next day. And I remember telling you guys when I first heard it or the first time I did. And it was like, you know, Peter is playing the echo part on the keys. And then when he hits the clav, it's like, oh, Jesus. Well, I thought they were just talking about this like key part when it was the clav. I full on. So I'm in, I'm with Meal. They don't, you know, drop it though. So props to Brian for holding off. Well done, sir. That's why he's the champion. You know? Oh, thank thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, well, technically, you're the champion. He's like making a fucking sandwich during all that. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, Just I'm sorry. Go ahead. Two, 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 <laughs> two or three quick notes about this set from me. Um, so, born again. We didn't get the slow build. They, they did. They did the piano jam again. I thought the, the I thought this was executed better than Nashville, uh, but obviously, I prefer that that kind of more Rick led slow build. Big. 2001 jam here. Um, Seattle is still the goat for me. Rosewood, uh, yeah, this was this was awesome. Uh, and, and yeah, you said it, D. I mean, uh, length doesn't necessarily mean you know that that it's the best. And this probably, I have, I think it's in my top ten right now, but it probably won't be even top ten or fifteen by the end of the year. There's no, there's no real killer unique sections that get stuck in my head or anything like that. But when you look at some of the other extra long kind of jams this year, like Madison Rosewood, Madison Arrow, DC Arrow, this one more consistently held my interest throughout. Mm-hmm. And at, mm-hmm. and at, you know, 37 and a half minutes, that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's a long time to do that. And I think Ryan mentioned that this, this smashes the 11, 16, 19 drive, which was just over 30 minutes as the now longest, longest track that we know of, at least. 
And then also, this was the longest set one of the year so far. Mm. Nin- 92 minutes. Well, only thing I can add is uh, I'll dispute the fact that this, you know, 37 and a half minutes track is all Rosewood Heart because it's not. But uh, <laughs> it has an echo jam in it. It has a huge echo jam in it. And then, well, whatever. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Born, you know, 20 minutes of Born to start a show is uh, it's a hell of a lot of Born and it's awesome. You know, not as great as like other Borns, but uh, man, I'll take that like any show. Like Best Born, born SOS, this tour, man. Show, like you get 35 minutes of like really awesome music to, to start the show. Uh, that's a hell of a first set starter. And then, uh, you know, Engborg to close it. I've already, I'm on record. It's a spiritual cousin of, uh, uh, you know, you know, like no, the we're not going to, well, I, I, I can't Riley. hear what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't hear you. I'm talking over you. So uh, that was not I'm heard by on record. You can play me on Twitter. Let's go. We will. Everybody tweet Neil on Twitter about that, please. Second set, 726, Modavon, Doctor My Eyes, Yeti, and a Butter Rum Encore. It's cool to see 726 get the kind of this old C treatment uh, of this outro jam. I will say it was really, really nice, but another one of those things where it doesn't really do a whole lot for its 20 minutes. This was a really long gap for 726 as well. I know it had shown up on set lists a couple of times, uh, but didn't end up getting played. But again, such a such a great tune. Modavon comes next, brings the house down. Everybody was uh, going crazy for this. Shout out to uh, Noah Ray. Um, I could see Doug uh, aggressively losing his drugs. Oh, uh, the worst. While this was happening. You know, just, just from my vantage point, I, I could see Noah's hands in the air uh, from the rail. Um, this Modavon is so cool just because of the first minute or two of the jam when they get into this really spooky you know, mode, Peter uses the organ. Um, and right as I was watching him, you know, hit that like high dissonant note, I was like, reach for that reverb pedal. And then he reaches for his reverb pedal on his organ, you know, turns it up. Um, and it just gets like super crazy, you know, more of that like kind of carnival vibe because of the dissonant organ really, really great. Uh, kind of a jam for for that first uh, couple of minutes of the modavon and then it then it continues you know it went in kind of a similar fashion to last summer's legend valley version though to not as great of an effect with that stop start jam really really great modavon uh doctor my eyes came next a little bit of uh a kind of an abrupt break in the flow of the set um i don't think it worked as well here as uh some of the other placements that it has in the past um, and then, you know, we got a jammed out Yeti, which was great. You know, nothing groundbreaking improvisation wise, uh, but for a Yeti, this was really, really good. Kept that dance vibe up. Uh, the song normally has, but going outside the box. And, you know, you can tell if a Yeti's going to be jammed out based on how Peter starts his solo. And he started this one a little bit more um, subtly uh, and, and more quiet. Uh, but it's cool. And then Butter Rum continues its uh, tear as a jam vehicle in the encore. Um, gets a little bit outside the box there. Yeah, that, that's what I got for this second set. Um, well, I'll say this about 726. Um, it takes about 12 minutes for them to get out of the actual tune, right? And then they jump into what amounts to like a Dragonfly jam that doesn't get noted as Dragonfly. And, you know, it, it's good, I guess. Madavon, I don't love as much as like other people. Like it, it feels like the kind of 
more sloppy version of what was done in Legend Valley. And, uh, you know, it, it's 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 good. It's good. I'll, I'll go back and listen to that Metabon. Like, so I'm not going to hate on it. Dr. My Eyes is always like an awesome cover. Um, this Yeti uh, in the set, like, might be the standout for me. Um, this Yeti rips and it does what, like, I think all Yetis should do. There's a spectacular funk jam in this tune. Uh, I think everybody's like really on like throughout the whole entire band. Um, This is a Yeti that I will go back and listen to. It's not going to land like anywhere near the top 30 of like my like jam of the year playlist, but it's a kick-ass Yeti. And, you know, yeah, they they should do more Yetis like this one because, you know, sometimes Yeti can be kind of an afterthought in a set. Um, This Yeti really was like a a pretty great part of the set. I would challenge the use of the word sloppy in that Madovan. Go back and definitely, you said it yourself, go back and listen to it. I did it the other day a couple times. And the uh, the Thornville section is a little bit looser than what they played then, but I, I wouldn't characterize it as sloppy. It's still a really good version. Uh, it didn't make my top 20, but I felt really bad for the jam that it did not. Yeah, I, I, I would second that, the the, the questioning of that. Um, and you know, it's funny because Ryan, Ryan used the word carnival as well. And I basically referred to, and and it's, it's, it's like, it's almost about five minutes to start off that jam where I called it an evil carnival jam. And there's some really cool stuff there. And that's not part of the, of the legend Valley, but obviously, and, and, and yeah, there is, there is something to be said about the comparison to legend Valley because I, you know, I noted that as well. I think we all heard some similarities there. And I would probably challenge the, the aggressiveness of the Yeti love as well, but that's probably just comes down to, to personal opinion. I wasn't as fired up for the Dr. Maya's Yeti butter rum finish to this set, let's say. So, um, and, and, and for that matter, I mean, the 726 for, for, for its length, I think is, is just another one of those, like we've said before, where, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's long and, and it's a nice enough jam, but, um, not a whole lot there that I'd probably go back to. It'll, it, it, you know, people want to talk about goat status and all that type of thing. Yeah. It probably gets it based on the length alone, but, um, you know, not, not much else there going on to, to keep me coming back for it. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say for Goat Seven Two Six, I think the Legend Valley version from last year is a better use of its time. Um, but yeah, I agree. Just based on length alone, this objectively uh, becomes the Goat. Moving on to Cleveland, March tenth. Look out! Uh, first set, Tumble, writing a novel, turned clouds, Bob Dawn, Rockdale. You know, this is. This tumble was a really cool way to open a show. Another really, really long jam, uh, you know, almost 29 minutes, you know, when you factor in the, the crowd noise at the beginning. Some pretty heavy creatures teasing, at least I heard uh, from Peter uh, around the middle of this jam. But I think, you know, while, while it didn't do anything crazy, I think it was still really, really good tumble. I think I currently have it above Tempe for the top tumble of the year, um, but it could yep. change. Yep. Um, and and absolutely phenomenal segue into writing a novel. Yeah. Um, I mean, this worked really well, but another one of these earning that full arrow segue on the set list. Writing a novel is a great tune, a great cover. Uh, Turned Clouds, as we mentioned before, solid tune, does well mid first set. Bob Don with. with. Um, I feel like this song just keeps getting slower. 
um, which Love I'm, it. I'm not sure if I'm that much of a fan of. I do. I like it. Um, and then <laughs> we've got the Rockdale, Rockdale mm. to close the set. The Rockdale. Mm. Yeah, buddy. Going down to the Goat Dale. Oh, yeah. it all down for you. Mm. I mean, just judging by the, the sounds that Kev is making right now, I think he's a fan of this Rockdale. That was... I, I think I think his reaction to my voice singing, but <laughs> all right, it could be either one. But this is it just an incredible use of his time. You know, from the moment that the, you know they they ventured outside the song, you know, Peter on that uh, that vibraphone patch on the Nord, mm. uh, kind of you know leading into that last section, and then an absolutely perfect um, return. You know, exploding back into the song. You guys talk about yes. this one. Absolutely Ryan, incredible. that Nord patch, that's the like xylophone uh, sound effect towards the end there. Xylophone, vibraphone, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Sure, sure. I think B wrote like a thousand words on this one. Yeah, talk, man. What you got yeah, to say? Oh, I, so well, l- l- let me back up real quick to the tumble um, because this is another one where, you know, in particular, I was noticing the talks about a little bit earlier what Peter's doing with two guitar jams. In terms of not just his rhythm playing, but also the effects and the loops that he's using, he just it's 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 sounding really good to me, and it creates such a rich sound. Uh, no, no pun intended. <laughs> lo, lo, lowercase r rich sound, and it's it's a nice airy jam, and and yeah, the first probably fifteen or sixteen minutes is pretty straightforward just a nice energy tumble jam. Uh, and then it, it opens up a little bit and then Peter comes in dropping the creatures teases and the momentum kind of picks up with that. And it's, 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 it's probably not the equivalent to the echo jam in the Rosewood. It's, it's not quite a creatures jam, I wouldn't say, but, but there was a, that there was a lot going on there. And, uh, and then, yeah, I, I love that you said that too, Ryan, the segue into I'm writing a novel was really, really good. And you might not normally think about segueing into I'm writing a novel as, as a dope segue, but there, there it was. Um, it was great. And the Rockdale is the Goatdale. And it's, I think about eight and a half minutes or so, you get a sense right away that they're headed off the standard Rockdale path. It's, a bit of a Ted style kind of breakdown into a nice, gentle, quiet jam, soft bed of piano, if you will. And then gentle, 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 soft bed of piano. And then uh, Rick, Rick starts in with the, just a real, almost like hip, like a hypnotic progression that just repeats and builds steam. And by 12 minutes or so, it just explodes. And it's a, uh, not not necessarily in a super like high tempo way, but it's just a triumphant sounding jam. Like like you were talking about earlier, Neil. Like where you pump your fists in the car type shit. Yes, sir. And uh, you know a few minutes of that, and then things start to get weird. There's delayed plinkoish kind of notes and more evil carnival sounds, and then back to some serene calm. And that's where Peter kind of breaks out the vibraphone sounds, which adds a really super cool vibe to this whole part. And then 20 minutes, 20 minutes or so, Ben and Jeff then have things moving again. Peter's still rocking the vibraphone. 
Rick doing cool rhythm work. And then it just builds. And then, like you said, too, the transition back to Rockdale to Rockdale is so sick. I mean, it's yeah, this is this is not only obviously we we're joking around about GoTail. I mean, it's obviously the Go Rockdale, but I this is in my number three spot uh, three of all my jams right now for the year. So yep. I mean, just Same a here. sick, sick jam. Yeah, and before we move on really quick, um, before you guys talk, I just want to give a shout out uh, to my dad, Rob, Rob Don. Rob Don. Um, this was this was his first show, and he turned to me at set break, uh, and was like, "Rockdale is my new favorite Goose song." <laughs> After seeing that, makes sense. Um, but yeah, it better be. Yeah. I, it was it was just if I might share uh, a special thing for me. Um, he took me to my first show at Blossom, uh, which is right near Cleveland, in 2012. Uh, and almost 10 years later, I took him to his first Goose show in Cleveland. So that was really cool. You can't make that up, folks. That's a, that's a, tu- that's a, tu- that's touching stuff. That's Synergy. Great. Type two stories. It was great. Synergy. Uh, but he yeah, had a great time. And I, I'm not going to add much more to what you guys said, Ryan. Brian obviously just gently laid his words all over our ears um, regarding the Rockdale. <laughs> and, but the, the tumble writing a novel, I thought it was interesting because, um, the last time we heard writing a novel in San Francisco, a slow tumble followed here. Uh, we flip mm. it um, and have a, a, a heavy hitter. Um, yeah. Great version. I think it's another one like, you know, you it's just odd. blew my mind. <sighs> Dude. Um, it's odd that it's <laughs> odd that, uh, um, yeah, some of these songs that we're getting these massive jams on, you know, we're clamoring at times, me especially, it's like long, you know, you want some length. And then like sometimes we get these heavy, long songs and, you know, it doesn't always do that, get to kind of the places we need it to. I think though, it also, they're taking risks. Um, rest of the set's great. It's all the Rockdale for me. There's, the Plinko part's really cool too. I think um, that's a that's one to note if, if people are listening to any jam from this this show that's it yeah i'm a big fan of jams that have parts um like if you think back to all i need from pine creek um there's like a whole bunch of parts that like you can look back to all i need like i'm still sad um just got eliminated this week the bracket shout out um but i I think this rocktail like kind of like harkens back to that a little bit like it's got a bunch of different parts that you can go back and listen to and like really enjoy but um there is, is like one part, like the soaring part of this Rockdale where, um, man, it, it's so beautiful. Uh, like, like Jai was saying, like, you know, it's like the punch, the roof or like part of the jam and man, it's so good. And then also let's not forget there's a Bob Dunn with, uh, in the set and Bob Dunn with is like, you know, it's not, it's not an afterthought. It's, it's an amazing thing and it should be in every, uh, every first set. Yeah, I, I I kind of lost my shit a little bit when they did the with. Hell yeah! You know, I my my dad looked at me a little weird when <laughs> I started screaming. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you ready to move on to set two or let's do it? Um, I I I think this is a really incredibly cohesive set right here. Echo into the mist, old man's boat, use me, drip field. You know, I I think there's nothing crazy here. Like Echo. The jam in it doesn't stand out as much. Into the mist, they, I mean, great segue from Echo into Mist. Uh, mist, even though it was unfinished, didn't have that big ending that B loves so much I mean, that we all do. Um, it really leans into that dance groove. Really, really phenomenal work here. Disco Mist at its finest. 
moving into boat, you know, which kind of ventured more outside the lines than most boats do, uh, keeping it funky, getting into, uh, you know, that clav dominated funk groove and then going into use me, which is a huge, huge surprise, really excited to see that. Um, you know, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe B noted that it was the first use me, uh, since coach's wedding. And before that, uh, July, 2017. So the first use me in front of like, you know, at, at one of their actual shows, uh, with Peter and the band. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then drip field was awesome. Uh, really happy to see that one pop up again. It has that interesting Shamalama bliss jam on the end, which kind of, I think it, it kind of lowers its stock for me a little bit because it just felt kind of tacked on. But I mean, it was still a great jam and I, I really liked it. And it was a great way to close uh, this really amazing set. Um, and then, you know, for the encore, Peter brought out the special guests that we all were really, really excited for. Billy Strings. Um, that was awesome was of them. Really, really, really great way to, uh, you know, troll the audience a little bit. Um because I, I think, you know, as soon as he said that, the room absolutely went nuts. And then, uh, you know, he's like, oh, it's Coach. And we were all like, oh, <laughs> good one. Like, you know, it was funny. <laughs> and it, Co- Coach was having a great time on Rainstick for the encore. Shout out, Coach. Um, you know, always got absolutely amazing energy uh, when he's on stage with the band. And apparently that 33 road case that was on stage um, is always there. But... You know, I I wonder if they didn't move it uh, more into view than normal. <laughs> um, but you know, Whip It Jively was cool. God damn that thirty three road case, man! You know, I spent like all day on Twitter trying to talk people up the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> you got, ton- you got tons Neil. of engagement on that, man. The only thing I've seen Neil call faster than a Billy String sit in is is Echo <laughs> Barose during yeah. What the hell? Yeah, no, it's not fair. <laughs> I spent yeah. all day like, saying like I don't believe it and like I got roasted like all over the place from accounts I'd never even yeah. seen before and I was like Neil- listen like you know a band's not going to use or like Billy Strings is not going to use his off day to like go play like two songs with the goose like it doesn't make sense and then the 33 road case came up and I was like okay so he's coming out and then I, I, it was like, you know, I got, like hundreds of likes on that post uh, it's probably like my most uh, like tweet ever uh, and, it and it was just you reposting a picture from Facebook. Wasn't are, you, it? are you tracking? Are you tracking unlikes? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, if there were town votes, I probably would have just like absolutely been destroyed on that one. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, damn it, I mean, man. Ne- yeah, Neil's right up there. Neil's right up there with Haps. Um, you know, in terms of <laughs> oh, you know, bullshit people. <laughs> people to to not believe hasty goose anything news. Anything they say. <laughs> hasty news i just hasty i reposted a picture ah oh, man well you know what i deserve it um in any case it was still an awesome set um despite the fact that uh <laughs> despite <laughs> hell of a segue up. hell of a segue hey listen uh you know the really cool thing about that set i think is old man's boat um yes. they they you know they didn't play much of an old man's boat jam yeah. like we talked about this uh like kind of off channel like there is a moment probably shoot i forget where it is now but like it's like about six minutes maybe five minutes before old man's boat ends where they very clearly like kind of modulate and get themselves into what use me is going to be and they were so patient with that transition and like i'll go back and listen to that old man's boat like a zillion times just to hear that transition 
it's so perfect. Um, and that used me is really cool. You know, folks who showed up one day early to um, Eau Claire got the catch like a use me. Um, but yeah, that's like the first use me in a long time for people. And then like the gigantic drip field that ends that set is uh, is spectacular. Yeah, the the um, not, not much to, to disagree with here, um, by the way. I mean, you guys have, have covered a lot of this echo of a rose. Yeah, it's good. But, you know, by this year's standards, um, you know, five, it's five or it's, six. <laughs> yeah, it's behind Minneapolis, you know, for me in terms of, of the more kind type one styles or whatever. Uh, super cool segue into mist. Um, and yeah, here's your fourth mist, your fourth unfinished mist. Uh, you know, the letters out, we'll see what happens. The, this is a little bit of an atypical jam here. And I think Ryan, you touched on it a little bit, but yeah, this was still like a 15 minute mist, even unfinished. So it, uh, they, they jammed it a little bit, a little bit slightly differently than they normally do. And then extended it out just, just a couple minutes as well. So, I mean, definitely about as good as a, of a, of an unfinished version, I think as you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And then the, can I use the old man's boat? Can I, can I use me the old man? How would we do that? Okay, how would, how would we want to do that? You're trying. <laughs> you, you're, you're reaching. Use no, me, old man. Me. Use me, old man. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness, like Neil was saying, yeah, you this this uh, you know, use me really started like eleven and a half minutes into old man's boat. You know that you you started to hear the use me kind of mm-hmm. ish lines. Um, and then they went full into it. It wasn't on the written set list, I don't think, right? So uh, it, it was good, but it, it sounded very rehearsed. So that was that was great. Yeah, and he and and Rick must have had it. I assume Rick had it dialed into his uh, to his lyrics monitor uh, yeah. because he you know he nailed everything. So um, he easily he's got it. He's got a foot switch uh, for that, so he can easily scroll down the list of cover songs on there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So assuming they've got cover songs that they haven't played since 2017 in there, I guess was my point. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a real Did shame. That we there? don't have any fun recording these. Uh, huge fan of, of use me though. So, I mean, I was super stoked to see this. Like I said, I mean, they crushed it and there was even some really cool funk tension and release would definitely also love to see this get back more into the cover rotation. I could think of some other covers that I would replace with use me. Oh, would um, you pretty how quickly? Dare, how dare you? <laughs> Maybe one that was played tom- tomorrow. I, oh, I don't know. D <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in tomorrow yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. The next what, night. What else we got? What else we got on this second? Uh, set? Just, just, just drip field. I mean, such a such a sick one. This was more. This was less primal banger, um, drip filled like we've like we've referred to it, and a little bit more drip funk. And you know, you mentioned the Shamalama, and there was a little bit of white lights jam maybe in there too, kind of adding a novelty effect or whatever. But I feel like even if you cut those out, uh, this is still probably my favorite drip field. I mean, I I I really dug this. Uh, you know, not that that matters. And then the encore, they did Devo's drip it. And then whip, whip, whip it, drip it, drip it good. Yeah, I think that this, I think <laughs> this show, yeah, I could sort of sense in like, you know, we had some of it in Detroit. This, they're just really hitting steam for me. I think this show kind of feels like, I mean, obviously it has longer jams, but um, the second set for me kind of reminded me of why I loved 
Fred 2020, 1019. Um, I think of the right night date. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. 1019. Yeah. 1019. Yeah, yeah. And just like, just the, like you said, versions not as good or strong as some of the other best ones that I have rated higher. We have rated higher, be it Echo, Boat, whatever, but just excellent flow, unique mm -hmm. mist. Yeah. The Boat Use Me is just a great pairing. It's my favorite drift field as well. I can't wait to hear this song um, live. Every time I hear it on a recording now, I'm just like picturing that experience, which this, you know, is probably the one song I wanted to hear in Philly. Um, and uh, well, I guess we'll get it this summer, but really, really fun set. I listened to this one right before we recorded tonight. And uh, this is like one I could put on as well, front to back, just, just very fun and a little bit of everything about, about why I love this band. So. All right. Well, let's move on to Philly here. Uh, first night of March 11th at the Fillmore in Philly. Drive, Earthling or Alien, Indian River, Time to Flee, Jive One, and Sinnerman. Um, this drive is really cool. I believe it's the first one to completely skip the first jam, uh, but it jumps right into that uh you know second jam it, this is really cool um you know I, I think we were also discussing at the time when we were webcasting and you know d was at the show um nothing crazy uh but really really enjoyable jam right here uh, and so that was great rest of the set you know indian river we see for the first time this year without the delta ish uh jam just on its own um ish flea hit, ish, hit, ish. Flea hits that same, um, you know, bliss, reaching for the sky, Rick led uh, that we've seen uh, from versions this year. Jive One was great. And Cinnamon, great to see that again. Um, you know, fantastic cover. There's um, glad to see it pop up for a second time. You can't yeah, sing Singer Man without passion. Rick has passion when he sings. And I love any time he's going to sing Sinner Man. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, I had a great time at these shows. Um, shout out to everybody I got to see in Philly. Uh, great 48-hour trip that was really spontaneous and fun. And thank you to my wife, most importantly, for being a rock star here. But uh, Shout out, Marissa. Shout out, Marissa, indeed. Um, yeah, the drive was really cool. Um, I Like you said, Ryan, the fact – and they, they almost kind of like flipped the jams for me. You had sort of a little more up-tempo, and then we got kind of pretty and melodic to finish, followed by Earthling. Uh, not my favorite. I actually literally called both of these songs as the opener. I said, it's either going to be Drive or Earthling. Sure enough, we got both. Uh, and that helped pave the way to uh, the, the the Golden Goose Championship. Um, so we'll take that. Yeah, fun, fun set. It wasn't, I, I, I probably was a little bit disappointed. It like was below my expectations, uh, which I hate to have. So that's on me. Um, but listening back to it, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fun set. Um, nothing super memorable. Driver drives earlier. The one from uh, DC better for me. Um, you know, the time to flee is good, but we had one a couple of nights prior that was a little better as well. And center man was really cool. I didn't expect it. I think in the moment, a lot of people that were at this show were at Goosemas, and I would have been sim similarly sort of like, wait a minute, just saw this, you know, and it was maybe supposed to be a rare one. So it was great for me, but you know, fun set, not the best of what was to come though. So yeah, a lot more, anybody else? Interesting to note that Sinnerman is uh, the only song played at this show that was also played at Goosemas. One Noted. I would not expect as well. Noted. 
All right. Uh, <laughs> second side of the show, we've got Pancakes, Slow Ready, Moby, Ghostbusters Wrap, Arise, and Hot Tea. Um, kind of an interesting set, a little bit up and down uh, for me. You know, this Pancakes is absolutely phenomenal. Just, you know, pretty pretty high on the stack, uh, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, doesn't quite break my top 10 uh, of the leg, but it's just outside. Really, really amazing. Slow Ready has an extra uh, little bit of outro arpeggiator stuff uh, on it um, that leads really, really nicely into the Moby that I was really, really hoping for uh, at any of my shows. So that that continues to be what I chase. And I mean, Moby always kills. Um, I, you know, I think they need to earn the second set landing pad song a little bit more. Um, you know, I think Pancakes definitely earned it, but coming off of the Slow Ready was a little bit of an interesting choice. Um, and then going into Ghostbusters rap, with which was a very interesting choice for this placement in the show. Arise is cool to see. Again, interesting placement. Um, and then we get, you know, we get a nice extended hot tea. They've been really playing with some of the, like the darker vibes, really leaning into that dissonant build uh, on this song so far this year. So that that's cool to see you know, more than just a, your average 15 minute version of hot tea. Um, and then creatures, Shamalama, you know, is the encore creatures, Shamalama creatures, Shamalama. Yeah. I think the pancakes, pancake. yeah. Pancakes, Neil have more, it's up to the, near the top of my stack though. I think, um, hmm. it's, it's not at the top for sure. Um, it's a good, it's a good one. You know, we have some of us think of it sort of top one or two and maybe three or four, it just speaks to, I think, again, the variety of the song. This one gets really nice and dark, um, a lot darker. Sort of the last kind of five or six minutes in particular um, are super unique for what we've seen from the song. And just it was the highlight for me. Like Ryan said, uh, as this show progressed, it was more and more of a head scratcher in the moment. Um, I think it just it, the flow of songs like Slow Ready to Moby was cool like in isolation some of these would be great but it just it packaged together felt more and more odd ghostbusters was really the moment where i was like what the hell are we doing um and i think a lot of people felt that in the crowd too and some that were you know listening at home i presume as well and arise is beautiful but just you know hot tea was was good it didn't save the set for me um but it was unique like it actually was one that i listened back again after the show it's fun. It's got some some different flavor to it. Like you said, Ryan, kind of the last five or six minutes, they go somewhere that they don't usually right now. And then we just capped it off with a creature shama to just really <laughs> set the tone for a weird show. So like I was literally walking out as creatures was going and I was like, we're going to shama. Boom. Let's do it. And like, I was like, all right, perfect time to leave. Like I'm leaving a shama's Boston. So, <laughs> it was uh, it was a really fun show venue was well cool, played and i had a great experience but yeah the best was yet to come again anybody else have you know neil what do we think of the pancakes let's let's hear it uh man that's a solid pancakes um but the real real you know it, it it sits there with dc um it is like kind of like a pretty similar pancakes i think dc get, gets a little higher on my list yeah it's got to be uh, like four yeah, yeah, it's like this is we're talking mid stack pan- pancakes here. Uh, yeah, these are mid mid pancakes. Mid. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what I was going to name this one. Um, I had names for them, but I, I I'm forgetting <laughs> in the moment. 
Um, Not quite swag, but a little. Was this one like the the Trevor cakes? This was the Trevor cakes. Yeah. You you tried to get Trevor cakes to catch on Twitter. Well, no, I wasn't trying to. Um, It was like Neil doesn't try. uh, Yeah. (laughs) There's one thing I don't do is try on Twitter. Um, So uh, no, I I think Trevor really starred in this pancakes. I I I think he was awesome, but it, it didn't really go anywhere. I don't know. Like, I don't want to say it was bad because it wasn't because all pancakes are good, but this one didn't do anything like so outrageous as like something like um, natural. Right. So, yeah, um, it's a good one. Yeah. I, I, you know, if I'm stacking my pancakes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're, we I feel like we're doing this a bit too much. The, <laughs> the, we're, the, we're stacking the, cakes. The, no, this one's in the bottom. I misspoke. From the top of my stack down. So they're already stacked. The sitting on top of the stack is Nashville and then Louisville and then DC and then Philly. So it's, it's, it's the fourth pancake down. There's only two, there's only two pancakes below it. Um, no, this is, this is a band that, you know, it's like we said earlier, you know, it's like you come into a town, you got that, that two nighter and, you know, night one, you're just a little tired. Maybe you're looking forward to getting into that hotel, getting that good night's sleep. And so, you know, I think I think there was there's that it's like a reverse hangover effect or something. I don't know what it is, but that's what we saw here. Yeah, slow ready Moby Ghostbusters rap. Yeah, about this point, I think there were some questions being thrown around the chat. Arise, more questions. Hot tea was good, but it doesn't make up for that set. Creature Shama, I would have walked out too. D, that's the right call. Shama was only three minutes. <laughs> Jesus. It was. I was I was trying to beat the crowd. It's Philly. You gotta be yeah. thick. Oh yeah, I walked out of hot 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 before. I mean it's you know <laughs> I didn't just... I didn't. I stayed till the end. How dare you? Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. it was hard Kev to is, get is, by the door. Kev is a hashtag real fan. Yeah. But uh yeah, I'll save the rest of my commentary for the best show of the year. I stayed Ooh. for hot hot I stayed for hot 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 and I got the set list, so that's why you stay. There you go. That's that, why that's you stay. That's the way to do it. That's why you stay. Shall we talk about the best show of the year? Let's do it. I, I, I think that's the general consensus here. Philly Night 2, March 12th. First set, All I Need, California Magic, Dr. Darkness, and Red Bird. I mean, this All I Need is absolutely phenomenal stuff. Relentless from minute one to minute 25. Um, you know, I was so surprised that we got a second jam out of this. Really happy that we got the second jam. But that first jam, man going from melodic flipping from major to minor just with ease again relentless is just the word that comes to mind over and over again when i listen to it so so incredible um and and you know i, I want to really highlight what peter's doing in in the second jam however brief it may be you know he is using the organ here in a very different way from how he normally uses it this is what i mentioned earlier you know, he's been looking for new directions on the keys. He's been using that vibraphone. He's been utilizing the delay pedal he's got on the clav for more textural stuff instead of just straight shredding. And for the organ, instead of just holding the chord, going for that soaring thing that he does when he peaks jams, which is amazing, he, you know, starts using the organ in more of a lead role, you know, turning, highlighting the percussive uh, sound on it a little bit more, which really, really cool. I hope we see more of this. California Magic, you know, great to see this song again. I think what's attributed to the outro jam here was um, earlier in the tour attributed to an intro jam to Dr. Darkness. Um, So I'm a little bit 
hesitant to call this a California Magic outro jam. Whatever it is, it's a nice little couple of minutes of dark space. Very cool. Um, and then we're straight burden again. Just another flamethrower rendition. You know, all, always burden. It's yeah, a lifestyle. Can, yeah, you can, I mean, a four song first set. All I need was like the perfect op- not even like the perfect opener. It was the perfect opener. And just, yeah, even, and then you have, you know, California magic and Dr. Darkness back to back. It's like someone could look at that and I think kind of come in with some critique, but very, those were the two songs that I, that I highlighted earlier is kind of like um, the other halves of each other and, and sort of, you know, the dark and the light and having them paired um, right next to each other. Spiritual, co- spiritual cousins, spiritual cousins. Yeah. This is the, this right. is the legit spiritual cousin <laughs> that we've been highlighting with Engborg and earthling supposedly don't speak These of it. Supposedly don't speak of it even. So, and then, and then Redbird, um, like I said, I posted, it was everything I expected and more like just, and it was absolutely fascinating to see how, engaged the crowd was actually like already with this song um that i think it, it, it's going to be a favorite i mean getting sort of people to sing along i mean arcadia immediately jumps to mind as one but for being a new song it was one that everyone was joining in on the harmonizing and uh straight burden straight, straight burden i mean that's all us it's like it it's a really lifestyle is so i can't wait for brian and kev to get theirs Time for birds fly, when it's time for birds fly. When it's time for a bird to fly. When it's time, when it's time, when it's, when it's time. Yeah. If anyone wants to uh, grab uh, bees singing all three different parts and edit them together. Oh man, it's, it's this new mic. The burden just happened. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if any listeners have noticed, uh, you know, two hours into this, but uh, B and, uh, who else has a new mic? Neil has a new mic. Yeah. D, do you have a new mic? Mine's not working. It didn't plug in. Oh. Well, B and Neil have new mics for this episode. B doesn't sound like he's talking through yeah, a tin can yeah. anymore. Thank you to thank you to our parent company, Stormy Podcast, for the new mics <laughs> and the yeah. and the sweet office chair um, <laughs> and the MacBook Pro. I mean, this is I got. I feel like I've got a really good setup now. Did you, forgot to mention the, you forgot to mention the Tesla that I bought you, too. Okay, so the, this, <laughs> the, the first jam of this All I Need is absolutely monster. Everything, everything you said about it, Ryan, is true. It's Look at me getting credit. However. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. California Magic, like I said before, love it. Dr. Darkness started off a little run of, well, continued, I should say, the run of new songs. California Magic, Darkness, Redbird, and then Hunger Side into set two. The Redbird, yeah, I love. I really loved Rick's tone here. I think that was one of the one of the differences or 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 subtleties that set this one apart from some of the other ones. Um, this one, uh, I think, ended up being a little bit more kind of straightforward rockin' bird. Uh, maybe not for me quite on the same level of of the Pittsburgh, but but a little bit more in that same vein of being kind of a uh, a little bit more kind of party rock inversion. Some interesting, uh, two interesting things about this set one. First is that it's it's tied for the shortest set one of the year. 
but also I believe this was the the first four song first set since the Buffalo show in November of 2019. Ooh. Mm, interesting. Yeah, the shortest part of it though probably takes away and detracts a little from me. Ouch. But. It's 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 still a fact though, D. I mean yeah. it's data. Oh. It's it's, <laughs> it's science. It's hard science. Facts don't care about your feelings, D. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm more <laughs> saying that the, it probably could have used another song, don't you think, Brian? But but do you know set- how long it took me to look that up and verify that data? <laughs> I, I'm not discrediting your your research. You know, you are you're all hard. He works for his spreadsheet. Saint. You are a saint for the info you provide. And I mean, so, it's relevant though. Like if you think about you know the last show that was that that short of a first set. Yeah. That's a pretty incredible first set. Right? What is what is that show, Brian? Uh, as I mentioned, it's Buffalo. <laughs> no, the shortest set. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, anybody who makes it this far into the episode is in for a real treat. Buffalo. This no, this banter. is like this real is shit, though. Like, stuff. I mean, this is high quality stuff. But this, but this Redbird. Tied, was this- so to answer your question, real quick, D, yeah. it's it's <laughs> it's tied with Goosemas and Nashville too. Oh, okay. At 65 minutes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Nashville, too, you know, another phenomenal, what ended up being another phenomenal two-set show. So, anyway. Yeah. And I think I think this one, yeah, the Redbird, this had that envelope filter kind of, right? That sort of, like, almost people would probably. Yeah, the Mutron? It. Mutron, thank you very much. Uh, it was Mutron sick. Mutron 4. Yeah, the Mutron Micro-tron 4. Whatever, 4. Yeah. Um, you're right. It, this was definitely probably more of like a party bird um we you know dirty bird party bird it is philly so it was appropriate set two though yeah shall we talk about set two here uh hunger site please forgive me arcadia fish in the sea this old sea factory fiction the the sea duo duo yeah. come up with a name for that yet is there a third sea song probably somewhere um hunger site great to see this song again you know i i feel like philly had that kind of vibe um, where we would see Hunger Side again. I'm curious to see if this ends up being a relative rarity or if, you know, once the album comes out, once they, you know, really phase it in, whether it's going to show up more often. Um, but this one was really, really great. Great funky jam that happened. Um, Please Forgive Me showing up again. Fantastic cover. Arcadia with the slow ending again. Uh, you know, doesn't go too outside the box as we mentioned before you know there are other 17 minute arcadias for instance swainzy uh 2021 Schwazy. um Schwazy, um that you know that go to a lot uh more different places in their 17 minutes than this one does but it's still a very solid arcadia fish in the sea also solid 15 minutes this old sea you know it's funny that one of their most gorgeous ballads has yielded to very dark jams uh, so far this year. Really, really interesting uh, outro to this old C here. Peter kind of loops a like arpeggiating vibraphone thing on the Nord. Rick is like dicking around with all his delay pedals, and the the rhythm section is doing like, a really interesting thing uh, together. It's really cool to watch. Uh, you know, I was watching the video uh, today or yesterday, t- sometime recently, and. It was cool because Rick and Peter were both looking at each other and just like, like being like, "Oh my god, like this is so cool!" Like what we're doing right now. Peter starts cackling maniacally into the into the mic. Like it was just 
really crazy demented stuff. And, you know, was, I, I kind of rated this a little bit uh, higher. And then Brian uh, reminded me, you know, like take into account that it's only like the last four minutes or so of the jam that gets to this space. And, you know, for the most part, it's just this old C. So it's a really, really, really cool jamming style. You know, I think it would be cool if they revisit it um, in a different way out of a more extended passage of improvisation. But, you know, really cool to see them going in this direction. You know, definitely the goose of even a year ago would not even dip their toes uh, into this kind of vibe. And then Factory Fiction uh, closes the set. I think this is the most jammed out Factory Fiction we've seen since Bingo Tour. Really great, you know, doesn't stack up as well as some of the other incredible jams um, of this tour. And I'm, you know, I'm hesitant to say maybe we have a little bit of anti-Factory Fiction bias just because of, you know, how much uh, mystique, if you will, surrounds this song. Um, And then Arrow, uh, fantastic encore pick, could be the best Arrow of the year, might be the best Arrow of the year, probably the most efficient Arrow of the year. Um, So great playing from Rick all around and, you know, a really, really incredible way to close the tour. Yeah, I I thought this was a super fun set as well, Um, Ryan. Hunger Sight surprised me uh quite a bit um i uh it it, it, it was one i didn't expect so if as much as i wanted to hear drip deal hunger site was probably one i forgot about in the moment but yeah really pretty and cool song starts off a little like slower and different i think it definitely surprised the crowd um and then please forgive me you know nothing wrong with a little david gray reminds me of my childhood and uh but yeah, the the last half from Arcadia on just very clean, like back to back to back to back. Um, this old C is cool how it gets to these spaces, like you said, and you know they're they're getting sort of taking that risk of jumping off the edge in the cliff and kind of letting a song dissolve and and finding spaces that uh, they haven't usually, and for it to to come out of this old C twice now, it's pretty fun. Yeah, Factory Fiction didn't expect to get it. Uh, again after seeing it in Louisville so soon, but it was my favorite of the three I've seen now. As I think uh, Denver was probably just for energy my first time, but in, in terms of actual the jam itself, um, this one was great. So, yeah. What, what else are we thinking, guys? Well, I, lo- I absolutely love Hunger Sight. In fact, I, I think right now it's probably my favorite of the new batch of songs. And I this particular version obviously they, they, they've just played it the two times but this one for me the the jam just seems to get better with each listen there's a there's a real funky section in the middle um nice crunchy peak and yeah the only i mean maybe maybe you could say there's a slightly awkward finish just in the in the in the very final seconds but i think i think second time played all is forgiven please forgive me David Gray, decent cover, nice little jam. And uh, Arcadia, more funk, uh, more of the slow Arcadia vibes with the full speed ending like we talked about before. This one's just a little bit more straightforward, I think. And Fish in the Sea, super solid. Might be the best since since Bingo Tour. I haven't done an A-B of, of, of this one in Bingo Tour, but uh, you know that could be close. And... Uh, yeah, this old C, more more of the the evil carnival jams, um, and then Ryan mentioned, yeah, you know, it's 
it's uh you know last four or five minutes is is that kind of stuff which um you know while you might not consider the the greatest improv or or, or what have you but uh I do love the experimentation and I, and I, and I love having, um, some of that sprinkled around. I, I, I'm, I'm always a fan. And then, you know, that also, that, that kind of craziness set it up for, for the segue, if, if you want to call it that into factory fiction. And, uh, and yeah, I agree with you there 2d, this one's a little bit dirtier and I think hits a little bit harder than Louisville while still maybe you could say remaining somewhat straightforward, and then the arrow, yeah, it, it's it is definitely my favorite arrow, and I think efficiency is probably the right word here. It's it's uh, it's just a good it's just a good version, you know, nothing earth shattering maybe, um, but it's a nice full band groove. And then the, 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 there is peaks, the, the, there is that the last couple of minutes is a, the, the, are actually very cool. In fact. I, I wonder if this hadn't been the encore, if they might have taken that somewhere. Um, I can't really put into words what they do, but but go back and listen. Just the, the last minute or two, they, they start doing something really cool, and um, um, I was a little bit bummed that I had to come to an end. But this did end up being uh, the, in contrast to the first set, this set two was the longest set two encore, encore of the year at 124 minutes. And then this show as a whole is the longest show of the year at 189 minutes. So set two really, really delivered, I think, in, in more ways than one. Really phenomenal way to close the tour and leg. And I mean, I think we've all got final thoughts to offer up here. But I, I just want to say, you know, thank you to this this incredible band uh, for continuously, you know, pushing the boundaries and really innovating. You know, I feel like we've spent a lot of time in this episode talking about like, oh, like, you know, maybe this call wasn't so great or this jam, you know, was a bit longer than it needed to be. But Goose is every show they're getting on stage and they're not. We are playing so it safe. blessed. You know, they, they I, 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 you know, I think about this all the time. and I think I've mentioned this a few times, you know, all these jams from 2019 that are that would be if we were to do a, a jam of the year bracket of 2019, they would be the one seeds, you know, would be like very, very low seeds, even in last year's bracket. But now, you know, the, something like the Buffalo Arcadia that I think we briefly mentioned earlier would be like a 14 or 15 seed. Um, and th- this band has come such a long way, even since this time last year, you know, we talked about how, um, you know, some of the jams, like like the Empress, uh, you know, a twenty minute Empress, you know that that's no slouch. But just because none of them in the bracket, you know, are on our playlists right now, doesn't mean that they're not incredible jams. And something like the Frederick Creatures, you know, that was the first of its kind, the first time that they really dug into that groove. Peter leading on electric piano, and that's happened so many times since then. So were they to play the Frederick Creatures, you know, right now, would I rank it as high as I did last year? Probably not. And it's really cool, you know, to watch them innovate their jamming styles and throw all these new songs out here and watch these brand new debuts like Pancakes and Red Bird, you know, become like crowd favorites, really sought after, delivering these incredible jams. Like just, you know, I can't wait to see where they go, you know, even just the rest of this year. You know, we've got uh, a few months until summer tour. We've got that quick run of shows uh, at the end of April down south through uh, a couple of festivals. You know, I'm excited to see how they adapt their festival format for the uh, handful of ones they're playing this year. Um, and, you know, I think 
you know, as, as, as everyone says, you know, we're, we're just, we're just getting started. You know, it's just the tip of the iceberg, um, with where these guys are going to go improvisationally. And it's, it's incredible. Hey, Ryan, can I give a shout out real quick? Absolutely. So I want to shout out Danny Rosewoods right now for winning the, uh, winter leg of fantasy oh, goose for 2022. I mean, just a champion amongst men here in this in, in, big on comeback, the, big on comeback. The, I on recall this, getting on this pod. quite a bit of flack early on. I was way down in the rankings, but you know, we stay humble until we rise. Hmm. So humble. I want to, and then I, 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 while, we're, while we're shouting out, and the then just who, really quickly, just really quickly, if I can do one more in the vein of humility, uh, I would like to shout myself out. I was going to say, uh, for the night two Philly fantasy goose win, my first oh, yeah. one. It's like a here, here, there. Oh, yeah. round of applause. Kev. Love you guys. Yeah. Love you guys. And then we'll also pile on to Kevin. For even Kev, have, even Kev, even Kev has supplied the prize of the year for our fantasy goose jam of the year bracket with uh, our pod. Um, so yeah, we're getting down to the last legs here. We got Rob Don himself sitting pretty in third, um, set to win a Kevin Lang twister goose print. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, first place gets a new, correct Kev? Brand new, never played. Brand new. 2019 Buffalo vinyl. Well, so. Let's give a round of applause. But yeah. by the time this episode comes out, the bracket uh, will have ended. Nice. Um, All right. Cool. Well, kudos to our yeah. wins. Well, let, let, let's talk about our, our you know, what, what do you guys think? Final thoughts on the, on the leg and the tour as a whole. Uh, well, man, like I'm on record, you know, I put it out there. I, I, I think this is a tour that is like a defining moment and like, a band's career. Like, I think we're going to look back at this tour and, and say, this is, this is one of those tours, right? Like it's a, it's a special tour and we're going to, we're going to look back at it and, and think of it as a, a creative high point. I think is the word I used when I was tweeting about it. They're killing it right now. And, you know, like it's hard to find yourself in a moment where like, a band is in a creative high point because you kind of sound like a blowhard where you're like, well, the, the band is like absolutely crushing it right now. But like, I don't know, maybe like one or two years from now, we're going to look back on this tour, I think, and remember it as like pretty special. Um, so, yeah, that's where I stand on this tour. I I, I think Goose is, is absolutely crushing it right now. And it's not just because they're like filling venues they've never filled before. I think it's because they're touring a whole lot more. They're playing a whole lot more and they're improving as a band. Goose is good. Yeah. Goose is good. Mm. Yeah. I thought this was a, I thought this was an improvement on um, leg one. We had some great jams uh, as a whole in leg one, um, some great quality, but I thought they started to um, evolve with the set lists and integrating the newer songs into the set lists when what felt a little awkward at times and still occasionally can for me, um, you know, in the moment, but uh, trying to make those, those those newer songs not only sound more fluid, but uh, they're gaining confidence with them. Yeah, we've seen an evolution of a lot of jamming. Uh, we've touched on a lot of sort of the darker elements and um, more patient elements that they've found, and then even in- incorporating some faster parts and, and sort of different tempos, some good uh, you know cover bust outs. I think we'd like to see that all of us, uh, maybe some rotation. 
on some of the covers. Um, and then I think as well, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, like Neil said, it could be a pretty seismic tour in hindsight um, as they head into this summer. I think a lot more festivals, which will probably provide set lists that quote unquote might not be, they're, they're going to be like heavy hitters. They're going to want to get the crowds along with a mix. So I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to be in uh, Legend Valley uh, next up, I think, and then Radio City. So hope to see a lot of you there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have an I, I, I guess my, my greater focus right now is is on the optimism that I have and and maybe I'm not so prepared yet to to kind of look back and 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 talk about, you know, the quality of, of this last tour or whatever. Um, and I think it was great. I think the quality is there. And I think that's what gives me so much optimism because I even just looking, like you said, deep between leg one and leg two, I feel like there's for as close as, as those groups of shows were to each other, I feel like there was a noticeable, you know, there were, there were noticeable developments in a number of different areas. And so with all the new songs that have come out this year that, and the, and the quality there, um, the, you know, and then all of the, all of the, you know, the evolution of the jamming and things that you touched on. Uh, I, at this point, I, I have no reason to believe that, that this momentum is, is going to stop. I mean, I, I, all the, all the data points to these things are continuing to improve and be better and be more awesome. So, so yeah, I really, I'm really looking forward to, um, to the summer, but also the fall. I mean, I, I think, I think like you mentioned the the festivals and things like that, and the summer's a little bit more broken up, so we'll see how all that goes, but but yeah, when when we get into more, you know, a more kind of densely scheduled, you know, list of tour dates in the fall, I, I'm I'm really excited to see where things are going to continue to go. And we have what thirty some more shows now. What did they there? They said we've had fifty four scheduled, and they said eighty something. Yeah, so something like forward that. to that. Yeah, and played twenty five so far. Okay. Yeah. Well, yep. Well, um, you know, before we wrap up, we do have a mailbag segment to get to. Mailbag. Uh, we did we did say on Twitter. Um, so uh, if you didn't know, we now have a uh, separate social media account uh, for Always Almost There. Follow us at AAT Goose Pod uh, on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Always Almost There on Facebook. Thank you to everybody who responded on Twitter. Uh, we are really excited uh, to share some of your opinions. Um, if yours doesn't get picked this time, don't fret. There will be plenty uh, of opportunities in the future for your opinions slash questions to get on our podcast. Um, so we'd like to start. Um, I'm going to start uh, with this tweet from Zach at ZWWWP. And yes, I said Zed. I'm Canadian. Does the pod have a consensus on best new song? My thought is either Silver Rising for songwriting or Pancakes, Great Blue, and not new, but the Goose cover is new, for the hams. The hams. This tune has had the most consistently great jamming of the new batch of songs. Um, I mean, we can go around in a circle. I think, you know, I think I think a lot of us are going to agree on this. I think my favorite of the new tunes uh, from the songwriting perspective, definitely Silver Rising. Um, and from a jam perspective, I'm going to go with Red Bird um, because straight burden is the lifestyle. B, what do you think? Mm, I've got Hunger Sight at the top of my list right now. And I mean, obviously, probably if we're talking just jams, I'd probably say Pancakes. D? Uh, I'm a Silver Rising Red Bird. 
Kev? I'm Silver Rising and then Hunger Sight. And if we're talking about jams, definitely pancakes. Meal. Oh, uh, man, I'm going to say, like, I like a rise um, from a songwriting standpoint. And then, like, for the jams, I like pancakes. There we go. All right. Thank you, Zach, for that uh, mailbag question. B, what is your pick? Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to share some thoughts uh, slash questions from our friend, Captain Incredible. Shout out to Captain Incredible for all the work that he's done with the Jam of the Year polls in posting uh, synced up videos um, as soon as I post the polls every day. So um, yeah, thank thank you you so much. That's been super helpful for a lot of people. So um, he... There are some bullets here. I'm not going to get to all of them, but let's see. Let me just pick one to start with. Let's see. Nashville, Night One, Rockdale. Still my favorite Rockdale, though the one in Cleveland fell too far apart. I'm going to say false. If if that's a – I don't know if that was a true-false question. Uh, I would say false is the answer. (laughs) No, I'm I'm kidding. Um, But, yes, Cleveland is the the better Rockdale. let me do another one of Captain Incredible's points here. It is Hunger Sight and California Magic are both unstoppable. The level of quality of these debuts, exclamation point, true. This one is true. I love Hunger Sight, like I just mentioned, it's my top. California Magic is right up there with Silver Rising, Dripfield, Born. These are all incredible songs. I think they're all unstoppable. Um, those are a few quick points. Check out the tweet if you want to see the rest of the tweets in the thread that Captain Incredible provided us. I unfortunately had time for a couple of those bullet points, but thank you for getting involved. Kev, what you got? Gideon posts Nash pancakes, to which I say, hell yeah. (laughs) Love it. Love it. (laughs) Very eloquent. All right. Neil. Uh, Yeah, I get, uh, I I don't know how to pronounce it, Um, G-A-R-R. And TD uh, asks, uh, like two is really solid. I've noticed some sets are being dominated by newer tunes with way less, way less time played in between plays. Do you think this continues into the summer? And I think it does. Uh, you're going to see a whole lot more new tunes. You're going to see a whole lot of the older tunes that like uh, traditionally like were played every third show being played far less. I think we saw that on this tour with All I Need only played sparingly throughout the tour. Um, so yeah, the trend is going to continue. You're going to see a whole lot more pancakes. You're going to see a whole lot more Atlas dogs and, you know, other gems of the sort. Redbird is going to burden. Yeah. You're going to be burdened a whole lot more than you're going to get Arcadia. You're going to, you're going to see a whole lot more pancakes than you're going to see. Um, you know, mysterious. Yep. We already have been. Yep. That's that's who's going to keep going. And, you know, I love it. And, like, I I'm, I have no problem with it whatsoever. All right, D, last but not least. All right. We got a, a, a first-time uh, caller, long-time listener from Team Jeff, at underscore Team Jeff, asking, are you recording the pod to a click? Of which we respond, no, we are not. Uh, we do this all live uh, on the fly. Um, no clit tracks to supply our rhythm. So we provide that ourselves. Um, so, yeah, just really appreciate everybody getting involved. 
<laughs> hey, that's not funny. Uh, that's that's a good one. Meow. That was a really good job uh, with the clutch rack. Well, thank you uh, to everybody so much. Uh, if you've made it this far, you know. Godspeed. Uh, <laughs> Godspeed. So sorry. <laughs> I mean, by, by this point, they've made it through the whole episode. But thank you for listening to us talk about, um, you know, this incredible uh, tour that Goose has just completed for this long. I'd like to give a massive, massive shout out to We Move Through Stormy Weather and Always Almost There's brand new editor, Andrew Mason. Thank you so much for your work, for slogging through all of this rambling. Uh, and if, if you guys are listening and you notice that it sounds a little bit more polished because Andrew uh, is much more thorough at his job uh, than I am at editing. So thank you, Andrew, so much. We are really, really happy to have you on board and we really appreciate your work. And, you know, I, it's been it's been a really great discussion with you, gents. I know uh, we have some cool episodes uh, on the docket for the near future. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, do a recap on the Jam of the Year 2021 bracket soon. Um, and there's more stuff in the works, so you can get excited about that. We're going to have some guests on soon, I believe. So get excited. Uh, lots more to come for Always Almost There. Remember to follow us on social media at AAT Goose Pod. Use the hashtag AAT Goose Pod. And yeah, we uh, will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.